Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where today we're doing something a little different. In our special 50th episode, I'm joined by some of the Movers Mindset team, Kristen Swantek, Miguel Chero, and Melissa Way. We discuss what each of us does, how our roles fit together, and how far we've come as a team. We explain working remotely, the freedoms and challenges that come with it, and some of the strategies we use to make it work. We each share our favorite episodes, things we've learned, and what each of us finds to be special about the project. Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hello, I'm Kristen Swantek. Hi, I'm Melissa Way. Hi, I'm Miguel Chero. Kristen Swantek is our resident cat herder in charge of making sure everything that goes into an episode gets done on time and putting out all the other fires as they arise. There's a lot more to Mover's Mindset than just the podcast, so she juggles a bunch of hot potatoes. She's also the no to my incessant, hey, I have an idea. Welcome, Kristen. Thanks, Greg. Melissa Way sends all the emails, trying to talk people into talking to us, then figuring out when and how to make it happen. In short, she's the person who socializes, so I don't have to. Welcome, Melissa. Thanks, Kristen. Miguel Chero is the ghost in the room, though today he's here in person. He handles all of our audio and is rarely seen, but can be heard in the final result of each episode. He has the hard job of deciding what stays and what goes. Could just edit himself out of this recording, so hopefully he keeps himself in there. Thanks, Melissa. Craig Constantine, creator and voice of the podcast, has always loved talking and storytelling so much that he started a podcast so he could go hang out and talk to cool people. (laughs) Welcome, Craig. Thanks, Miguel. I see what you did there with the so's. (laughs) (laughs) So, Craig. (laughs) So, yes. <laughs> you want to tell us? Uh, all right. So the so <laughs> thing I found after I did a few interviews that I had this verbal tick. And when I wanted to begin talking, I would say, so I think the best place to start, and I said it over and over and over. So I tried to squash it. And it's really hard to not say so before I begin every question or every sentence. And Miguel has the wonderful job of hearing me go over and over and over. So oh, I hate when I say that. I want to ask you, <laughs> so it was really clever to hear him like step on the so's really hard in his introduction. So that's the story behind the so's. I think probably in every episode that we've done, I think there are at least 10 so's <laughs> should have been in the episode, but they're not. Well, well, there was a joke about editing together a whole bunch of all of the, like we probably could just get them all different pitches and turn into like one of those songs where they make a song. So it's always hard. <laughs> To begin every interview, because the first question is always the hardest one. So let's start with, I just want to say thanks a million to the team. There are people on the team who aren't here, but especially to you three for putting up with my craziness might be a good way to put it. My continuous (laughs) random, let's go this way. Let's go that way. Let's do the email. Um, So I really appreciate all the work. I don't think we had any blood, but there's been like sweat and tears for sure. I appreciate everybody's hard work. And this absolutely unequivocally would be not in any remotely way possible without you guys actually doing everything that you do, including keeping me sane and in line. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity for this whole thing. <laughs> I'm, yeah. s- I'm still getting used to hearing you. Miguel, cut that out or put this in. And now you keep answering me. Like, yes, I can. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> Before this, I actually, when you were talking about, I'll just talk about this opportunity. I came out of Temple with a film degree. So like I was already messing around with audio and film and having been on sets, acting and such. So like it just fit 
it just fit the bell that you needed somebody to, hey, I need someone to listen to my interviews. And I don't want to do this up. anymore. <laughs> and then just hand it off to me. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I don't know how you do it. I mean, I mean, I know how you do it, but I don't know how you do it. I did a bunch. I did the first maybe a dozen of them, whatever number it was. And all I was trying to do was go through the raw recording and decide which pieces should be kept. I wasn't even like trying to add bridge music or record. I was just this goes, this stays, this goes. And I was like printing them out with like a pencil and like sitting in airports. I was going crazy. I just, there's something about it that I can't wrap my brain around like what, I can't do it. It's not possible. So I guess a question, since I actually can talk to you, a question I have is, I don't want to say what's wrong with you that you enjoy doing this, but I want to say something like, (laughs) what about what you do is... So like it seems to speak to some passion that you have. And I'm just curious, what about what you're doing for the project really strikes the passion for you? Like what, what? I think it's just the story in everybody's heads or just everybody that carries, shouldn't, everybody carries a story. It's not just in their heads. I actually used to be a, um, what is it? A type, like a t- not, I'm not, not a typewriter, but I'm like, <laughs> I used to type for court cases. Uh, a stenographer? Oh. A stenographer, yeah. But I wasn't like in the courtroom and stuff. Oh. I like... Transcri- transcriptionist um, yeah yeah just like afterwards after the like my mom worked as a paralegal and she dealt with a lot of court cases so like she sent like she gave me files as work like in high school and i would just <laughs> type them up and she'd be like yeah it's a, a dollar per page you know <laughs> oh, and like <laughs> ouch and it was like one that i wrote was like 120 some pages like it was a good good money day but like it was also i don't know a really long time like and it was a lot like a lot random court case about like a go-go bar and their <laughs> their boiler problem and that was like the whole the whole thing oh. two weeks of then <laughs> 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 you know very interesting so like i don't know i think always uh whatever story it is i've always found something very fascinating of just listening through to everybody and, and just how they speak and how they interact with each other and just how they are as a person yeah so I think that answers your question. Yes, no, absolutely. And this is not an interview. This is just uh, so everybody knows what we're trying to do here. The goal is we don't ever, if we can help it, we don't ever talk about how the podcast gets made. We don't talk about what goes on behind the scenes or how we edit or what we do or even how, how we travel to record them. And so this is a bit of a chance for us to share some of the, I don't know, what's a good adjective? Insane? Delusional. Delusional, yes. The (laughs) amount of work that we put into creating one episode. Now one episode every week, yay team. So I think it would be cool for us to talk a little bit about that and we can go there first or I think it might be more fun to sort of riff off of what I asked Miguel, which is like maybe we'll do this like question for the table for $500. (laughs) No, not just kidding. Not really. Not really. (laughs) Don't buzz in. No, you can just raise your hand. Um, (laughs) But to, to sort of ask like what about the project is like the thing that you're most passionate about like what is it about that makes it so you keep working on it for anybody else other than Miguel who wants to answer and probably not me because then I'm talking to myself (laughs) I think for me it's um seeing the interactions that the project kind of facilitates so for anyone who doesn't know I recently have just retaken over our social media so everything you see posted on Instagram Facebook Reddit um the parkour forum the newsletter etc etc yeah is what I do now, but I love just like putting something up there, sending it out into the world, and then seeing people who I've never met or I've never even heard of interacting with our page or interacting with someone else that they met through our page and through our work. And that's what I like to see, like fostering connections mm-hmm. from people who otherwise would never have met 
glad you brought that up because that's one of the main things about the Movers Mindset Project as a whole that I'm really passionate about is creating these connections between people. The idea that everybody would love to have not just friends like, oh, I want somebody to go have an ice cream or a beer with, but like to actually have a chance to sit down and talk about things and explore fun ideas. And, and I think a lot of people don't have a space to find that online. So they can, they might go to Facebook or they might go to other social media, but it's kind of tricky if you find a Facebook or a social media page that you really like, it's tough. Like you can't really like interact with the star guys too much. It's really hard to like get a one-on-one relationship with somebody. And, and part of what I had always hoped was that if people listen to an interview that they would then feel they know a little bit more about the guest and that maybe if they ever see the guest, they'd be able to talk to them and rather than run up and say, oh, that was awesome. Or can I have your autograph? I'd like to actually walk up and say, you know, you brought up that point about X or Y and I wondered if you'd unpack that more. And I think on the other side of it, I know that the people that we interview would love to have more of those conversations about, not that everybody brings up trivial topics, but to have more conversations about deep topics. So yeah, you're, you're seeing that in social media and I see it there too. And I would love to just, every once in a while I catch people talking like in, you know, in real life talking about something or they talk to me about a guest and I'm like, well, they're right over there where you could go talk to them. Let's go this way. You know? <laughs> um, so that's, I love seeing that kind of interaction thing. So far, Melissa has not buzzed in. <laughs> well, just kind of, I guess, partly going off of what Christian was saying, there's the connection piece, partly because of my role in the project. I get to have, like, I get to have that because I go along for most of the interviews. I'm the first point of contact for guests. So that kind of ability to meet people and get to know people and hear their stories I think is really exciting. But the thing that I especially am really passionate about is that we have a platform. Movers Mindset is a platform. It can give people a voice. So sometimes it's for people who are like well-known and people want to hear what they have to say about different things. And sometimes it's for people who aren't necessarily well-known but still have really amazing things to say. So giving people a platform and a voice to express their thoughts and express what it is that they have to share, I think is something that's really awesome and unique about the project. Yeah, um, there's something really, really special about when, I don't know, just the simple fact of somebody being very interested in what somebody has to say. Because like it was Father's Day, like this past Father's Day, I went to a dinner at like P.F. Chang's with my family and this waitress talked to my dad. My dad has a very like, has an accent because he's from Peru. And the waitress asked, or talked to him. He's like, how are you doing, sir? Or like, how was your day? How was your father's day? And he's like, good, good, yeah. I watched, uh, like, I, I would do a, a Spanish accent, but honestly, I'm I'm Spanish. I don't really know how to do it. Like, I, I'd have to watch it first, you know what I mean? So this if this this will probably sound Russian, but whatever. It's like, no. <laughs> like it's very good. I, I watched uh, the, the Copa, Copa America. I was watching football. And she, she looked at him and just stopped. She's like, Good, and then walked away, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, because she was out of her depth." Like, wait, actual human interaction. Yeah, was, I'm not used to this. It's like it, it's like a common thing that people ask those kinds of questions. Like, you know, any mm-hmm. stranger, like a cashier or somebody, or but they don't really want to know about. It's just a courtesy kind of thing. Like they just want to hear like a good, like, oh, good, right. yeah, yeah and just want to response. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, and it's a it's 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 a thing. It's a thing with everybody in the world. So like, it's really something to just actually pay attention to somebody and what they actually have to say and actually really ask, how are you doing? Like, really? Like, how, how are you? That's one thing that I think I've picked up a lot from the podcast that, that I just bring along with me wherever I go. Like nowadays is actually get to pay attention to people and just actually 
dive into them a little bit if they, you know, allow. Like, <laughs> maybe not the cash register cashier, right? <laughs> yeah, not not even right now. Just like, but... with twelve people behind you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should take a minute to unpack. Who are these people? Like it occurs to me that we just dove in and started and some people, I'm sure like, for example, the guests know who some of us are, but maybe we should go around a little bit. I mean, we did it in the introduction. I said that Kristen is our resident cat herder. That's really what she does. It's, can you please make sure all this stuff doesn't all fall on the floor? But how do you want to do that? Do you want to, it's one thing if I say what I think you are, but it's another if you just Mm -hmm. like self-identify as what your role is. So maybe we go that way. Define cat herding. (laughs) (laughs) Or we do both. See how well we match up. No, that's bad. bad. All right, who wants to self-define their job first? I'll start. Why not? I volunteer as tribute. Um, (laughs) (laughs) In the team, we all have, in our team management system, we all named ourselves. Craig gave me my name, but then I decided to keep it. So my name within the team is The Fixer from Pulp Fiction, The Fixer. If you haven't seen it. Too bad. The, yeah, no, you need to go watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. The fixture was the person who showed up when they had a body they need to get rid of. They're like, yeah, oh, was... we inadvertently killed someone. He, he, Mr. Mr. Wolf. Mr. Wolf showed yeah. up to fix the problem. Remember the first thing you told him? He's like, go get me all the cleaning products and Afghan and make some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, and they're like, what's the coffee for? He's like, I'm going to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I talk fast, think even faster. Like, keep up with me. <laughs> I mean, that's about right. Yeah. Which I don't drink coffee, but I'm drinking tea now. So I guess that counts. Right. So the fixer. Why the fixer? The fixer because in addition to what Craig mentioned, I handle production, I handle social media. I'm also the no to every idea Craig tries to throw at us. Um, (laughs) So the fixer because when things... Go sideways? Yeah, go sideways. There's a dumpster fire in the background. (laughs) I'm the person with a little pail of water trying to put it out as best I can. And that can be anything. That can be an episode's not back on time. We're missing something. We lost a password to something, heaven forbid. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes. Like, oh, we need to go into Stitcher and do this. Or, oh, we're out of data space in Spreaker. Or how do we get in? Like, people ask us random questions. I can't find you on Google Play. Do you remember that one? That one took us like three months to even yeah. figure out how do you get into Google Play. And we had to figure that out. And then you know, we had to submit this form. And then they had to the, the email. Like, So we spent a lot of time doing that kind of stuff. And I always joke that I basically wrap the problem around a brick and lob it over the fence. Hey, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> You're the thud. <laughs> That's why Kristen gets to juggle the hot potatoes. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. We're all just throwing things at her like, yes. ah, this isn't working. Yeah. yeah. And how long have you been moving, Kristen? Parkour. Oh, parkour? Oh, I started a while. when I was 15. Because <laughs> <laughs> I this couldn't is drive dub- yet. <laughs> this is going to dovetail with how do we all know each other. Yes. Um, but all right, let's finish up with the roles, the R-O-L-E-S's first. My role is kind of several different roles. The original role that I joined the team for was to be the guest advocate is our official title that we don't really use except when we're talking about official titles. Uh, which <laughs> or, or when I'm introducing you to guests. That's this true. is Melissa. She's the guest advocate. She remembers <laughs> to do everything because otherwise I screwed up. And what are you on base camp? What is your title? My unofficial title is the setter-upper. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, when is that? Oh, I guess that doesn't make sense. Yes, No, because right. everything that happens, I'm yeah. setting up. I set up who we're talking to, when we're talking to them, where we're going next. Yep. You know, the calendar of... and Oh, calendars. Yeah. Oh, Calendar of who, when, where, what. Yep. So I kind of set up a lot of the background stuff. But this, the, the, my role as guest advocate officially is to advocate for the guests. So I talk to the guests, email people, say, hey, do you want to be on our podcast? We would be really interested in interviewing you. And then if they say yes, 
go from there and try to figure out when and how and where mm. that's all going to come together. And then there's some steps in the process kind of after that where I'm kind of talking with them about what to expect and after we've recorded what the next steps are. I kind of keep people up to date. Hey, your episode's coming out soon, that kind of thing. So I'm the point of contact for the guests and kind of the first and last person they usually talk um, to. And how many active email conversations do you have going on right now in the email software? <laughs> well, a lot. Yeah, I think 39. Uh, is I can the, tell I, you. I, this, yeah, I would, I would I have to double 39. check because I just changed. I just started a few more and yeah, ended so a few. So there's like 39. It's There's 37, but there's also eight that have not been claimed by someone yet. So. Oh, wonderful. So we have eight threads <laughs> that we're all asleep on. I'm sorry. Yeah, so we do use an actual email, a commercial email solution that lets us all work out of one mailbox. So if you mail, and you, you're welcome to mail us, if you mail team at moversmindset.com, it comes in and then we can all see it and then we can like assign it like, oh, Craig needs to respond to this or Kristen needs to see this and we can work on them that way. Super, super useful. We're not using Gmail for our email service. So that leaves either the ghost or Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to the raw audio. <laughs> yeah, rock, 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 paper, scissors, uh, rock, rock, paper, scissors for who is the next. <laughs> Forfeit. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Spock. <Yeah. laughs> I listen to the raw audios and cut together, cut out any of the sews or like the. <laughs> cut out, I see <laughs> what you did there. Um, any kind of like the uh, mm, mm, or or just kind of conversation topics that kind of like don't really flow well together with the guest and make everyone sound as best as possible, but also not like too. Um, like structure that it's kind of like, you know, that they know exactly what they were going to say, but like trying to keep the humans out of their right. conversation right. bits, you know. My thing on Basecamp, my untitled, what is it? What it's the unofficial title, unofficial right? title. Yeah. Unofficial title. Yeah. <laughs> is Cut Man Supreme. <laughs> um, it comes from like a different thing, a bunch of different things. I yeah, think it yeah, comes yeah. from um, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, you know my mom? <laughs> you, you actually do know my mom. Yeah. I do know your yeah. mom, actually. <laughs> Lovely lady. The, have, you, have you guys seen it? Yeah. Yeah. What is his name? The Jason Siegel's character. But he... Uh, <laughs> Marshall. Marshall, yeah, yeah. He has like... They call him like Judge Fudge because he works, he was a judge, but then he got like, towards the end, he became like Supreme Court judge. And he's like, I'm no longer Judge Fudge anymore. Now I am Fudge Supreme. That's <laughs> 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 might go well with that. Like, come in, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then, I mean, my role is pretty obvious, except it's not. Internally, my untitle is delusionary, is my self-chosen title. And that's more like a warning. You know, the little hazard symbol they put on buyer hazards? That's like, you know, caution. So you get these messages. It says like, we use Basecamp internally, and I, I go use Basecamp. Basecamp's awesome. But inside Basecamp, there's a little, like you get a message, and it says who it's from, and it's like a picture, and then there are titles in it there. So it's just like a reminder of everybody, like, watch out, this could be completely delusional, but I want to try this. And No. To which Kristen had. It's actually such a, people are like, oh, that's funny. Like, no, it's not. That's really how it works. There, there, it's such a thing that I come up with so many crazy ideas that sometimes I put a crazy idea out, and it starts with, this is not a discussion. <laughs> To make it clear that this is crazy and we're doing it. And we'll get to more of that when we want to talk about remote work and stuff. I think my favorite is that when you put something and you start with, talk me out of this idea. Yes. I just did one of those about, and we, and we, well, we need to talk about projects that we didn't do. And we had, I had an idea, a completely diluted idea. And then I'm like, yes. somebody talk me out of this idea. And they had no problems talking me out of it. They're like, this sucks. <laughs> this is stupid. That won't work. And I'm like, yeah, that's a bad idea. Thank you. Delete. You know. Um, but it's, again, I'm coming back to um, what I said in the very beginning. It's... Until you've tried to build something yourself like this at this scale, you have no idea how helpful it is to be able to say to people, 
hey, what does everybody think about this idea? And have people actually go, that's stupid. Oh, thank you, because I thought it was awesome. Okay, great. Thank you for letting me not make an ass out of myself in the world. So, so my job is obviously this is all started being about interviewing people. That's how it all started. And so obviously that's my role that people have seen or heard most. But my real role behind the scenes is like, I don't want to say captain of the ship, but like the only person who doesn't actually have a job. Like I don't, I do a lot of things behind the scenes, like, oh, this is behind or help me with that. But if everything is going right, I'm not doing anything other than, you know, oh, maybe we should go around the iceberg or maybe we should head toward this, you know, like (laughs) really just to try and figure out what do we want to do to try and create the culture within the group and, and try and make sure everybody is happy and having fun and blah, blah, blah. I don't mean to diminish, I don't mean to diminish like having fun, blah, 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 but like, you know, so on and so on and so forth. So that's how I see myself. Yeah. We all met <laughs> in various ways through parkour some way, somehow. And I believe I first met Miguel, uh, maybe 2012. It's either like 2011 or 2012. I'm not exactly sure at like West Coastville Elementary in Brookside. Like I went to a parkour class on a Sunday that was run by Lehigh Valley Parkour. And I showed up and I was like, hey, I want to jump on stuff, basically. And like older than everybody. And Adam, there are a bunch of people there, but basically Adam and you, uh, Miguel, and Austin and like Josh were like the four people who were always there. Like every class I went to was the same four people. And they were the people that created the environment that I really felt like, wow, I could, I mean, I can't do this at all, but I really feel like coming here and failing every week would be tolerated (laughs) and enjoyed and I'll work on being a better human being. And and that was the environment that you were part of creating. So like, I I always felt like I knew you very well, even though we never really like, I didn't have your phone number. We never like, I never saw you any time outside the two hours of class. So it took a long time before, you know, like somebody said, hey, let's all go to a movie or like random things that most people would say, oh, I met him at dinner or I met him, you know, at this event. It's like, oh, we just sweated on stuff together. (laughs) I think I I was like 19 or 20 years old at the Uh, time. How are you in 2012, right? Yeah, real. Yeah. Crazy to think about. Great. I just did the math. Yeah, in 2012, I was not 20 years. You were not. <laughs> I was not 19. So that's how I met Miguel. And then, anybody else want to do one of the... Like, well, I, I was going to jump in and say, I think Miguel was also the first one that I met. Because, Craig, you and I started training around the same time. But I was training at Kutztown because I was in college and didn't have a car at the time. So I wasn't really doing stuff with the rest of the community. But Miguel would come down and train at Kutztown so we met fairly early on, and I think we probably also met at Kutztown just was a little a bit later. Yeah, you yeah. were. And then Kristen and I met a little bit more after I started, like, I got a car we and was able to get away. Met, we probably yeah. all met Kristen on the same day. No, <laughs> I don't think she was there yet. No, I was I'm pretty sure I, I met was, you. I was late you to met the party. You met High School. At Mayus High School? Yeah. Yeah. And we you were doing, like, push-ups on the parking Parking lines. On the parking lot lines. Yeah. That was your first class. Oh, oh, yeah. Way to get thrown right into the floor. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I think you brought a friend too. Like you brought some sucker with you. Yeah. And I don't right. think we were, she was actually there a few times, but yeah. yeah. Oh, I was going to say we never saw her. No, no. <laughs> she yeah. came back a few times. She came back a few times and then and she then, decided to go with like high school sports and I was <laughs> <laughs> decided the high school sucks and I'm going with this. Yeah. You know, actually this was called a full mesh. There's actually like 12, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's like nine stories here because the geometry theory, if you have four points on a graph and you want to draw all the line segments, if I tell three stories about how I met each of the three of you, <laughs> we're still missing Kristen's two stories about how she <laughs> made it. It's like, no, oh, complicated. Yeah. Um, are there any other stories that we missed about how we know each other? That covers yeah. basically it. That's, I mean, 
bottom line, parkour. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like when I started thinking about, hey, I need suckers. I, I need help on this project. <laughs> I need to figure out. And, and my first thought was, well, there's two ways to do this. One is to find people who have the skills, you know, like find somebody who can do audio editing, find somebody who can do this or that. And my first reaction was, no, find people who are passionate about the same things. So first of all, I don't have to explain all the vocabulary. But also when I say, hey, I want to do an interview of people who are movers or people who do parkour or art de placement, these people that I want to work with would already know about that. So that was like the obvious, like, hey, who do I know, like already know rather than putting out resumes. So we have only put out, oh, that's a good story too. I can say we've only ever actually put out like, we need to hire someone. And that's how we hired Melissa. (laughs) Kristen and I were like, oh my God, we completely didn't think of asking Melissa if she wanted to work on the project. But to Melissa's credit, we had put up a form that was like, you know, do you have a computer? And like a couple of basic questions and a lot of people couldn't even jump through the basic questions. And Melissa dutifully, like, I, I mean, she could have just walked across the room and we were at our retreat, walked across the room and went, hey, could I have the job? <laughs> and I went, oh my God, I forgot about you. Yes, that's awesome. But to her credit, she filled out the form and sent it right. in and didn't even like chase it like the end run, you know, she just yeah. like waited and then Kristen Gotta messaged me. Follow the processes. Yeah. Stuff. The I'm, great re- thing. I'm reading Kristen's message and I'm like, I could just walk across the cafeteria and say, hey, you want to just... The great thing too <laughs> is she was already working for us, just not with right, us. Right, that's right. She started off with our first logo. Oh, yeah, right. I, yeah. was, she was, I originally was brought on to do some design work, but I wasn't actually like brought on. I was just Oh, like, a you know, wow. Oh my yeah. God. You know the first sign of old age, right? Mm-hmm. First sign of old age, you start to forget things. And then the second sign of old age is um, after you forget. <laughs> it's funny because you did that on, yeah. on an episode and yep. you actually forgot. <laughs> I forget whose episode it was. Did you leave it in or cut it out? I left that one in. I think. Yeah, Do you remember sure. who the guest was? No, I don't remember. Was it? I because feel like I just listened to it. It might have been Amos. I really feel like we need to play the numbers game. You know? It may have been Amos. Yeah. Yeah. What number was that? He's not out yet. Ooh, all right. Yeah. Oh, that, yes. <laughs> that is next week. That is next week. Like what? Show well, where we are now. We should know what number it is. It should it's be forty-eight. Like forty-eight. See, you know what number it is. <laughs> yeah, so mean. forty-eight is out by the time people are listening to episode fifty. Um, there's like this running gag on the team that, for, for some reason, I can't imagine why, Melissa knows all the numbers and the guests. So it'll be like, I'll, I want to mention, so, oh yeah, that time I was talking to Vita Lepinen and we were literally, I'll be like, oh, that was episode 21. 21. Oh, I got it right. <laughs> and I always yeah. go, I'm always off by one. I always say like 20 and she's like, no, that's, uh, Vita is 21. Well, it's just funny because Craig will be like, oh, you got to go listen to this episode. And I'll be like, Craig, that's not the episode. <laughs> Telling them the wrong episode. <laughs> You're confusing people. <laughs> that's my job. Confusionary. I'm updating it in base camp right now. <laughs> <laughs> updated every week <laughs> i thought about doing that just like making spelling errors and things to see if you notice <laughs> yeah all right so that was how we all know each other what else on one hand i want to say let's unpack how we make a podcast but i mean if you're within the sound of my voice you really do not want to know <laughs> you do not want to know I'm walk it, away <laughs> yeah it is insane even when we think about it sometimes we're like oh but we tried to do it. We tried to like sit yeah. down yeah. and do like a, so let's, and we, and it doesn't work. Like we, because <laughs> the beauty of batching work, well, we have it all broken down into individual steps and processes so that each of us can work on, you know, so if Miguel's doing rough cuts, he can do two or three rough cuts and that's what he's working on for a few days. He doesn't have to actually maintain the perspective of everything that's going on. So maybe a fun question would be for the table for $250. What is something that <laughs> they're all in their hands and they're going to buzz in? There's no real money in here. What is something that each of us thinks that the listeners might be surprised to learn about the process of creating the podcast? So, something that people mm. would be surprised to learn 
about the process about of the, the podcast. process as a whole or just what we do in it? Because that's like two different questions. So I know that you've never heard me do an interview. <laughs> 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 but you can answer the questions any way that you want. <laughs> Blue. Blue. Okay, so <laughs> actually, bl- all right, so why are there, that's a good question. Why is a lot of the stuff blue? Does anybody else know why a lot of the stuff is blue? I know why. I blue is my blue is my favorite color. Royal blue. Ooh. I have blue rain jackets. I wear yeah. blue t-shirts. The table, blue tablecloth. Tablecloth. This tablecloth is corn blue. And Tracy was like, I don't like it. I'm like, I like it. It's my color. We're buying it. So <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that, but there's also like a little bit of like psychological. Yeah, but that's the backronym. Like afterwards, we're like, oh, and also psychologically, yeah. blue is a calming color to make well, people Because we discussed this when we were talking about like blue. design stuff. I love blue. Yeah, but that blue, blue. It, it works. It works. Yes, but I love blue. <laughs> and like I don't love like fuchsia or something. <laughs> Orange. It would definitely be a different feeling. <laughs> yes. Leave the puce. Okay, so that was, I'd said the blue, blue right? What yeah. else? Yeah. I think how much we do ahead of time and how much we work on at once. So at any given point in time, we're working on the next eight to 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's not just we finish one and then we start this next one. It's, nope. No, we're working two to three months in advance of okay. where we are now. And if we aren't working two months in advance, Kristen starts to get twitchy and I then do. we're all <laughs> in trouble. So this might be a fun point to bring up. We have a weekly, we haven't been doing this super long, but we started a weekly, I call it the roll-up message, but it's kind of like a view from the top and Kristen puts together, well, I don't know, you want to describe it? It's the next 10 episodes, where they are, what dates they're going to be published at, what I'm waiting for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> often in bold and in. red with yes. italics. Not that crazy, just bolded. Unless she's, unless she's really, <laughs> unless it's really like, needs it, in which yeah. case she'll tag you. Yeah, yeah. she'll tag you. Yeah. Um, and then just a general overview of like the most current projects and where everything's at. So if you're not directly involved with the project, you can still read a quick paragraph and see what's going on. And if you want to be more involved or if it's just like back of your head and you know what's going on. Yeah. So this is... They're uh, very, very helpful. Oh, oh my goodness. It yeah. was... Well, Chris, I don't know how we did without them before. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things like that afterwards. or like, this is a thing that we should have been doing for a long time. Kristen and I had had a discussion around, like, I feel like we're missing something. There's a thing that we're not doing that is missing. There's, you know, what's the whole shape piece in the room? And then I, she's the one that came up with like the format and how we lay it out and what's in it. And we delete them every week. So there's often little comments that happen underneath and then we're like we just clean the slate every week and make a new one Uh, one thing that this is you can do things that you do that you think people would be surprised by or you can do what i'm about to do which is say another thing people will be surprised by is that you're the person who decides the ordering of how they get woven together so how many do we have in the can at the moment Uh... (laughs) it's actually hard to tell but something like that we're up through 70 so i think this is recording number 70 and i have seen projects popping up for 71 and 72 71 is the only official one so 71 has popped up 72 is like we're waiting to push the button to make a new Mm -hmm. project yep Um, so internally we have a completely separate project we call them the R projects for recording. We have a separate R project where we track everything about the one thing. It has the raw audio files. It has anything we discuss. It has all nine yards. But Kristen wound up, chose whatever, I don't know how you put that, <laughs> the role of weaving it together. So what does that involve? Um, it's a little bit of higher level thinking in terms of who the guests are, what they're talking about, what their background is. You don't want you know three gym owners back to back to back all talking about how they built their gyms because that can get a little dry and a little boring for essentially a month. It's three weeks that the episodes be spread out about. So I try to vary it by gender if I can or by experience. So someone who's 
maybe really into competition and talks about the competitions and then a gym owner and then maybe just a community member from one of the communities we go to. So I try to vary it as much as I can to keep the content interesting, but also then try to make the episodes complement each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have tones. Like yes. I'm often surprised and I'm going to say, well, this isn't, I mean, obviously Miguel does this, but when they come back and I hear them, they pop out in my podcast mm-hmm. catcher normally. I use Overcast. I, I don't know how people do anything other than that, but in, in Overcast, <laughs> they come out on Wednesday mornings around 10 a.m. When they come out, I'm always surprised, like, oh, I forgot all about because there's such a delay. And I feel there bad is. sometimes for the guests. And this is part of the reason why we needed a guest advocate because I cannot remember to tell 40 people, don't panic. You, like yeah. Your episode yeah. didn't suck. It was awesome. It's just not going to come out until <laughs> yeah, August. Yeah, I think you know? right now, everything we have recorded up to this point will put us through roughly middle of October. Yeah. yeah. So like so. If, I, if this, now this, we're cheating on this one. Yeah. Like we, we made a space in the schedule to wedge number 50 in, but that means I was recording, I did recordings in May. March. Didn't we do, no, didn't we do March? Like the ones that come out at 48 oh, and 49 yeah. are from March. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's like a light delay from yeah. March through July. And then we did a bunch of recordings in May, which are coming out like in July, August, into September. September October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. October. So that's one of the challenges. I, you know, to me, I see them all. I know they're there. I know that I loved it. I know what the guest experience was on the spot, but then we disappear. Yes. And it's right. like, please don't worry. It really <laughs> was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why that we have certain processes of like following up with guests and talking about like feedback and what you thought of the process and also oh hey this is when your episode's coming out so yeah. they're not like wake up in the morning like oh i'm my, i'm talking on <laughs> so this I'm podcast talking. like and they find out cuz we like tagged them in social media so we prefer to try to kind of give well, you a heads up there also all the guests are invited into the movers mindset community not that it's a plug to join the movers mindset community but they go in the movers mindset community <laughs> where they have early access so the episodes come out um, friday instead of wednesday so you can actually play them a little earlier in there so they would have the chance to go in there and play it uh, not that that's going to help them any <laughs> it makes them anxious yeah, yeah. too bad yeah. by that point wednesday. it's already you yeah, know we're committed. it's going to be published and at that point we, the numbering is set too is there anything else anyone thinks would surprise the average listener i don't know if it would surprise them but like whenever they shout me out or something like on the recording or like i'm just thinking of yeah when the guests are like because they (laughs) i guess some of them know me but like not all of them do but so when you talk about miguel like who's miguel like miguel's in the room right now watching you as you as you (laughs) it's not creepy at all no yeah (laughs) i'm thinking about hedge at the end of it wasn't in the, the official episode, but he, you had mentioned me in the beginning of the episode and at the end of it, you had mentioned it was like, it was like originally like an hour and a half like recording and you were like, I don't know who's going to be listening to this hour and a half recording. And I just, just like, oh, well, what is a Scottish accent? Like, I, no, I, no, I, no, I cannot no. do a Scottish the, accent. Yeah, he chimed in with like, Miguel yeah, will be yeah. listening. He's like, Miguel will be listening. Cheers, mate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I was just sitting there dying for a while. And so it's cool if you get the opportunity to like shout me out or anything. Or I will always be listening. <laughs> so anything you yeah. say to me, you know, I will hear. I will hear. <laughs> you know, you could yeah. reach out to the kid. I know you knew. Yeah, too. <laughs> Anything else spring to mind? I think something that people would be surprised by is how many times, like, we basically play, like, racketball or, I don't know, volleyball with each episode. Hot potato. <laughs> it's like, oh, hot what potato, are you talking about? <laughs> we don't play volleyball yeah, no, or racketball. All, what? <laughs> I get it now. Sorry. We have a club. No, this just kidding. metaphor. Um, <laughs> no, like, with each episode, in order for it to get published, we go through, so, like, 
Craig does the recording, and I'm usually there for the recording, sitting in the corner, like quietly typing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because she actually doesn't sit in the corner. She sits like there's three people at a table. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> the little golem. Yes, in there. yes. <laughs> I'm just like in the room, um, but taking notes for of what's getting talked about, so that Miguel can read over him later. But like once it's uploaded to Basecamp. Then, like, Miguel has access to it, and he cuts it down, and, like, it just gets passed back and forth for so many different reasons, yeah, for so many different pieces. There's probably 50, there's probably 50 checkboxes. I, I should know because I wrote them all. There's <laughs> probably 50 checkboxes. So in, in the project management system, we'd say, make a new project, and it fills it all in with these unmarked mm-hmm. boxes. And, you know, there'd be, like, 50 of them, and one of them would be, like, like one checkbox is send this out for the final. So we actually send them out for the final audio edit. Send this out is like one checkbox. And and that's like a whole outside service that does it. And then there's like another checkbox that says mm-hmm. send it out for transcription or publish it on Tuesday or follow up. And it's just, there's all these things. And yeah, I'm a process yeah. freak. And it, it just turns out that when you do it that way, I've always called it pivoting. So if you think about all these parallel like rivers of things you're trying to accomplish, what you want to be able to do is pivot this visually so that you can cut across all the streams and find I uh, where are all the emails I need to send because Melissa needs to do this. Like I need to send 12 emails today. Where are they? So try and find all the email you know things and then do all my email work. Or let's go here and do a bunch of recording. Or let's go here and Miguel can do. I'm doing this rough cut, this rough cut, that rough cut. So. At first, it, I know there was a mm-hmm. lot of like, Craig, this is ridiculous. This process is overbuilt. What are you doing to us? No, no, no. And now it's like, yeah, how did we do this before? Right. Well, it's really important just because of how much necessarily within the process we pass it back and forth. Like, it's just like, yeah. okay, I know these things need to happen before I can do the piece of it that I need to do. So I'm like, okay, Kristen, go. Yeah, I was gonna say, how many times do you think it's been like a guess will be passed around between us, you know, that... That oh. sounds pretty bad, but like, like, <laughs> like not that way. Like, they, they probably change hands a hundred <laughs> times because, and I'm not exaggerating, because if you start from the beginning, we're not doing this. No. If you start from the beginning, <laughs> it's yeah. like, hey, I want to interview Bob. And then somebody has to go find how to get, do we, does anybody have contact info for Bob? And then we have to like, there's just like 17 steps just mm-hmm. before I even press record. And yeah, don't remind me of the time I didn't press record. <laughs> so rule number zero about podcasting is always press record. I, I once failed to press record. That was the very first episode with Adam. And then I went 13 minutes and I said, hey, remember when I asked if you wanted to be a guinea pig because I was going to screw it up? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I forgot to press record. Um, that's anyway. why he was the first one. Yeah, so there, so, but but rule, number, wait, rule number one is don't let the guests touch the mic. Where was I going with this? I don't remember. Moving on. You were talking about processifying. We'll move on. Because <laughs> there's a lot of you know a lot Great. of things to talk about. I think we should talk about remote work. Mm-hmm. Well, that leads that leads right into yeah. it because that's I mean the process could segue Craig nicely. Yeah, hey. that's supposed to show like how the you sausage gets yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, You know what the f you're doing, <laughs> bro. You can't say the f word. Oh, Explicit. <laughs> Mark the checkbox. Yeah, but that was a whole discussion. It was what exactly qualifies? What make you know? There's yeah, a checkbox for market. Set an explicit yeah. marker in yeah. the episode. The answer is there is no answer. There is no answer. Yeah, we usually like if there's one f bomb, we might not press the checkbox. If there's a couple f bombs, right. or if there are really good stories about really crazy stuff, yeah. we might that story yeah, might right traumatize on. small children. We're calling this explicit. Well, straight, yeah, it's, it's either you know. content or language, but it's like yeah. where do we draw the line with language? Yeah. At how how many swears constitute explicit? I personally think that if 
I think the guests should treat it as a badge of honor. If Movers Mindset <laughs> gave you the red explicit. E, yeah. yes, there aren't many red E's in the podcast. That's true. Like we're up to two, and like there's one coming out in the near future that'll have an E on it. So yeah, yeah. three, I think. Straight on Samuel Jackson throughout the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do they speak English? Yeah, right. What? <laughs> Bonus points. Wait, wait, wait. Bonus points if listeners can find all of those E's and mail us. <laughs> Cause oh. some communication um, here. I don't know if I can even do them all. I can think of two that I know for sure that are out. One that I know for sure is coming. Coming out. And I'm thinking I'm missing another one. What do they get if they can find all three of the E's? Hmm. Our di- our undying. I almost said our dying <laughs> gratitude. Our undying gratitude. <laughs> yeah, right. Where was I going with this? I was uh, gonna remote. remote work. Oh, remote, remote work. work. Yeah. Remote yeah. work. Yeah. Remote controls. <laughs> I wish it was remote control. I'm like, go on, go faster, go faster. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's not true. Does anyone want to jump in about remote work? Yeah, I think I have a unique experience with remote work because for anyone, most people who don't know who I am, I recently graduated college, so Ooh, I was away at college. <laughs> I was at college um, for two years, and it was three hours away from here. And I started before college working just doing audio markups and then Craig messaged me. I stopped and one summer he was like, hey, you want to... <laughs> yeah, you want to do something for money? I got it. <laughs> yeah. So I started even with my current position while I was away. So I didn't really have contact, physical contact with anyone for two, a year, two years, something in there. <laughs> July 3rd. Oh. Is it July 3rd? No, it's July 2nd. Yeah. <sighs> July 3rd is your, is the, the I just go with the date on your W9 or whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. it's like July 3rd <laughs> is the paperwork date. Yes. One year, congratulations. Thank I don't you. know what you were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was in college. I was broke. <laughs> remote work. Remote work, yes. So that was something that's really unique for me is that, you know, now obviously I'm back home so I can work with everyone in person if need be. But it really worked well and that was something I was initially concerned about is that, you know, I call Craig once a week to talk for half an hour and how am I going to make this all work because I'm so far away and everyone else is in the same area and can communicate with each other or they go to the same parkour classes every week and how am I going to stay in touch? But it really wasn't a problem, which I think is nice, especially now we started doing weekly team meetings. So even if we don't see each other every single week, we see each other every single week and it's... Video, video calls. Yeah, video calls, yeah. yeah. And I think it's really nice we kind of built a little community within Movers Mindset outside of our parkour community and we're able to do that with people who can't be here physically in person every day. So I like remote. Yeah. Yeah. That's more of a thing now, like more thing now, like we're working from home. Yeah. It's more of a thing like the, the this day and age, you know, trying That's to imagine true. like way back, like <laughs> when I invented the internet. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have, we didn't yeah. have remote work. Like, there yeah. wasn't like a yeah. dial up was slow. Yeah. Uh, I was going to yeah. say the depression era was tough. <laughs> <laughs> we are currently in the depression era. <laughs> Along the lines of what Kristen was saying. So, having that weekly meeting of like the whole team that's relatively new for us and it, it's a- <laughs> i'm laughing because it wound up at eight o'clock in the morning oh, and it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. what a bunch of lights so i'm like eight i've been up for three hours at eight o'clock what's wrong yeah. with you people <laughs> well but i think it, it was a really important move and it was a long time coming because it took us kind of a while to figure out and we went through iterations of kind of how we were working together and the way that we were working as a team. And it took us a while to kind of hit that stride. But I think the full team kind of weekly calls are a really important part of it because now we are starting to have that community sense and 
kind of creating that interaction that sometimes can be tricky to get when you're working remotely. But it's really important for the team to kind of have that. So it's not just like, oh, I'm sending you a message about this thing and this thing. It's like actually face-to-face time can work through stuff a lot faster. Yeah, so maybe we should unpack a little bit. So the all-hands meeting is, there's normally, uh, normally there's six of us on the call. (laughs) Mathing, uh, (laughs) mathing, fail, add to. So normally there's six of us on the call. And the idea is not, it's not supposed to be what they would call a stand-up meeting where everybody stands up and says, this is right on this, this is right on this. It's not like everybody gets called on the carpet. The idea is just... Whatever you have on your mind you want to talk about, and we the call currently runs for 20 minutes. If, if you're going to do this, I recommend you do. 20 minutes is too short. But because of various scheduling, it was like nobody gets six people at the same time. is tough. We wound up from 8 to 8.20 uh, on a weekday morning. And the idea was to just get together and whatever you wanted to bring up. So we've it's actually a couple of times been really helpful so when Melissa got married, congratulations. Thank you, when thank you. Melissa got married, she's like, okay, I need like, could I have a week off before, like, please? <laughs> so we had a call where it was, all right, so Miguel is going to be away for a week, including both of the bookend weekends. And then immediately after that, Melissa goes away for a week. So beforehand, we had this call like, what do we need to get done? And then because we have a, a like an actual message, Kristen goes, well, what we literally need is we need this, this, yeah. and like there were like mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. things. And it really helped because everybody could go, yes, there's 200 things to do, but we need to get these four done. So like Melissa banged out those two and right. Miguel banged out those two. And then it was like, there weren't any fires. And I mean, you guys came back, you know, respectively back from your trips. And then we have a meeting and it's like, okay, what did I miss? I'm like, well, I mean, you know, a lot of, well, you, you missed like the chitter chatter, but nothing's on fire. Yeah. Like, you know, we now return you to regular scheduled chaos. Like there's nothing special <laughs> going on. Like, um, you know, so that I think really surprised me how, I mean, I, that was my hope that we would be able to coordinate as a team and not have people, you know, panicking or running around, which makes me think of the pull versus push work idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, before you move, turn into me talking, say, before you move on to that, I just wanted to say too, Part of the working as a team is just having a group schedule. So we had switched over to weekly publications in March of this year, Mm -hmm. which was actually a month earlier than we were initially planning to. I said, hey, on the beginning of the year, (laughs) we are switching to weekly publications on April 1st. This is not a joke. (laughs) (laughs) And this was at the point in time where we had no final editing process. Yeah, we actually could not. We literally could (laughs) not put an episode out because we had a key piece of the puzzle missing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm like, all right, so we'll just fix that problem and then we're going to do this. I was standing next to a dumpster fire with a little bucket and (laughs) you just come over and like, here's eight more dumpsters. Yes. (laughs) Get ready. Delusionary. It's like, but to your credit, we began publishing weekly on March 1st mm-hmm. because we had solved the one, and I have notes that say, give Kristen problems sooner, like, because <laughs> I was trying to find a replacement editing solution and I gave it to her. She was done in like two days. Um, <laughs> so like she had solved that problem and then put things back together. And then it was like, wow, now we can go like three times. The, the way we were doing it, it wasn't anything wrong with it. It was just, it was one person and he just couldn't go as fast as we needed to go. So the new group is a company and they can basically crank them out. So we like fixed that problem and switched to weekly. And it was like, let's go to weekly. Well, and that gave us the ability from there. So that's part of why we needed our like weekly roll-up of what all was happening because then we're staying on top of things and that's a lot easier for us to kind of pass around in terms of scheduling. So part of what makes it work so well is some of the things we can schedule in advance. So in addition to the guest stuff that I do, I also kind of push the buttons to make it go public and do that final publishing piece. 
but I can schedule that in advance. So as long as we kind of like worked out ahead of time, it was like, okay, I need this, this, and this by this date. And then I can set that and nobody has to worry about it. And it's all taken care of. Yeah. I think actually an episode went to the movers mindset community Friday, the day before you got married. And I was like, boop, there it is. Look at that. I know know you're not thinking about it at all, but it like worked perfectly. Yeah. That was like a week in advance. I was like, so here's the things I need from everybody to schedule in advance and worked out really beautifully. So. Yeah, really unique atmosphere because I'm going in like not I'm gonna say not in business, but like working for a close friend of mine, but he's also my boss. Like working for this guy. <laughs> working for the man. Yeah, right. but like because I'm friends with all of you and we're all working together and you know getting paid and it's, it's different than like clocking in at Home Depot. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I hope it's better than working at Home Depot. (laughs) Way, way, way better. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) Staying on concrete all day. Yeah. (laughs) Sitting outside selling Christmas trees. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's rough. rough With my little space heater. (laughs) A little box. That was me for like a year. (laughs) Oh, man. And going off of that, I think it also helps in terms of just scheduling and working remotely that we're all passionate about the project, both in general and also our individual pieces. Craig, shout out you, has been very good at catering to what we're good at and what we like doing. So I mentioned like initially I started off with audio. Sorry, Miguel. I don't like it. <laughs> it's so boring. Really? This is well news. No. <laughs> bad, bad mojo. Yeah. Bad. I, was just, I was marking like squeaky door here, curse word here. And it was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good process, yes. yeah, yeah, but now we all, our respective pieces are things that we generally enjoy doing and makes us want to log on to Basecamp and want to work, yeah. which is... Mm-hmm. Not you know punching the clock. I feel like we should. I feel like we should talk about. I always call it work context. So I mean, I know some of the answers here. So I'm like begging the question, (laughs) which is that when you are working remotely, you begin to have what I always call the pajama problem, which is like you don't actually you work in pajamas. We don't care, you know, and you can do anything anytime, anywhere, and then it it can be a little tricky to stay on task. But then once things are organized like this, you can just do whatever you want, whenever you want. And I'm just wondering if you guys found that challenging or how that worked out. I've been doing that kind of work for a long time. I've always worked for myself. I think it's really interesting just in terms of I've never had a job like this where I'm not like physically going to work and it's like, okay, when you're at work, you're working. You have the option to like something comes up and it's like, oh, I could go take care of this. But it's like, okay, I also have these five things that need to get done today for publication or like I have to send these emails and so kind of trying to find that balance is interesting there's you always discuss work-life balance right and even when you have a quote-unquote like physical day job but it's different when it's like your day job is kind of amorphous and you're like I could do my day job at night I could do my job from two (laughs) o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the morning if I really wanted to like doesn't really matter so it changes how the balance is I feel like at least for me, it's been a learning curve of the best way to balance it because it's a lot more freedom. It's it's not like, okay, this is blocked out time for work. This is blocked out time for life. And I have to figure out what I'm going to do in the lifetime versus the work time. It's all kind of one and I can move pieces around. So I've found that definitely something interesting that I'm also definitely still working on. Like, I have, <laughs> This is not to say that I have Interesting any good or interesting bad? No, it's, it's been really good. It's just very different from any way of working mm. that I've yet done. Like, I've also never done as much work like sitting in front of a computer. 
So most of my jobs have been in like childcare and summer camp and that kind of thing, which is like pretty active, like chasing kids around, trying to get a group of 30 kids to go do the thing they're supposed to do at the correct time. So it's like very little freedom. And now it's like, oh, I can take my computer with me and go wherever I want to do this or do this right now and do this another day or wait until eight o'clock tonight and do this. So it's... As I said, it's certainly something I'm still working on figuring out. And maybe, I don't know that I ever will figure it out. <laughs> Do you ha- does anybody have any tips for... I, mean, I was going to say, contrastingly, like I came right from college. I started while I was in college. And I like a third or so of my classes at any given time were online. With mm. that very, like, this project is due on this date. Have fun. Here you go. <laughs> <Get it laughs> Every, yeah. yeah, here's everything else that has to get done, you know, with tentative dates. I had one class who's like, I put dates up, but like really as long as you get it done by the end of the semester, I don't care when you do it. So I was doing that and I also had another job that was remote work. I was a research assistant. So I was doing research online mm. from my computer, from my couch <laughs> in my apartment. <laughs> so I've always just like, I don't, I don't say I have any tips because that's that kind of work comes naturally to me where I'm like, I could watch TV right now and get sucked into six hours of Netflix, or I could open my laptop and open Basecamp and work on something that just needs to get done. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I always. But just maybe kinda... the key there is like the difference. Is, I mean, there's good stuff on Netflix. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe the key there is that when you you're thinking, well, if I go open a Basecamp, I can go work on. Oh, I want to hear so and so's episode, or I give right. me a chance yeah. to finish this. I mean, we do a lot of things that are just like painful. Like let's argue over <laughs> this. Like it isn't. It isn't all roses mm-hmm. and champagne. Mm-hmm. But I, I think knowing that when you, you know, when I go to base camp, it's the fun job. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is also, though, it's fun work. And I like being able to do something that I'm really interested in is like huge. But it's also like working remotely and it's not as social. Now we're like working on processes to kind of change that. But like originally it started out being a lot less social, a lot like, okay, I'm on the computer doing this thing that maybe somebody will, like, oh, that box is checked, and now, like, Craig and Kristen know that I did this, and on to the next step. So, the, like, kind of adjusting to the social aspect, and even the physical aspect of, like, some of it is, like, emails, and I'm just like, I have to sit down in front of a computer and do it. So, adjusting to that and trying to figure out, like, oh, I'm not just, like, walking around all day is different. Yeah. I don't know. For me, like it feels really good to finish something and then it's kind of making some, something easier, an easier work for somebody else. Like, for example, <laughs> I see Kristen, Kristen smiling. side eyeing. Where's he going with this? Like, whenever I finish a rough cut, and it's kind of nice to just send it to, to Kristen and then she needs the cue notes or whatever, and I get those done. And it just feels good because I know now that she has, she has what she needs. Right, to go right. on to the next to, process. Yeah, yeah. To, to do to complete whatever the next step is, which is hundreds. Of, we're not going like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. to oh, yeah. too much. Too but, well, that, uh, yeah. that brings us to like the pushing and pulling work because we kind of mm, it's idea. like the pushing and pulling each other in a sense. But do you want to go into that since you're the kind of mastermind behind that, the delusionary? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to be quiet and see who was going to jump on the. Do you want to go in? Because nobody else saw the gesture. Okay, so I guess it's my fault. 
When I <laughs> correct for <laughs> so I'm like a systems builder by nature. I don't just mean like physical software or computer systems. I mean I inherently see things as solutions to like you know shoveling the driveway. Well, of course you don't start shoveling until it stops snowing, unless you happen to know that you know. Like I'm always thinking like, what's the steady state of this? What does this look like when it's up and running and working? How do we get it up to speed? What's the mess that we left behind? I'm, that's the way I just think about things. So when I first started doing all this, it was all in my head, so I always knew what to do next. But then when I tried to bring people on, it was, all right, I have to start writing this down. So I started making lists. As soon as you make a list, then it's who is doing what on the list. So the first instinct that I had, and I think so far I've seen everybody else have the same instinct, you, you look through 60 projects in the project management system, and you spot things like, oh, this rough cut you know, should be done. I wonder if Miguel knows about this yet. Like, cause there's no way to tell that he's read it or looked at it. So I'll put him on it. Like, cause there isn't a lot of security. The project management system lets you do whatever you want. Plenty of rope. So I would be like, Oh, well I'll just, I'll just assign Miguel to the next rough cut because this episode's next. And I might as well do the second one too. And then I go, Oh, I wonder if Kristen knows about it. And like, I'd go through and then we were all doing this. We would be adding each other like, well, this isn't Kristen's wheelhouse. This isn't Craig's wheelhouse. And then on the other side of the base camp system, you can see your own assignments. So you can go, what's on my assignments? And it'd be like this six-page report, and it's in, everybody's chuckling. <laughs> it's in order of the projects. It's not in order of what has to be done. So then we're like, oh, let's put artificial due dates on things to sort. And, and what the conclusion that I came to, I, I forget where I first read this. It's not, I didn't make this up. But the idea is everybody should know, everybody on our team does know what they're responsible for. So like... Miguel's not going to forget a rough cut. And if he does, somebody will like, hey, did you, you know, like it gets caught. Like there's plenty of space for us to catch mistakes. So pushing work toward people tends to make people go heads down and just do the work. So if you know that everybody else is assigning things to you, you can just start at the front and pick them off. But if you don't do that as a team and you let people pull work towards themselves, then you're forcing them to operate at another level. There's the heads down, which is good, the heads down doing layer, but then you're forced to think, to act, you know, to interact with the team at a higher level where you have to look across the whole picture. You have to, and this is when we went, we need like a weekly message because I have no clue what's going on. And that's when we said, as soon as we switched to polling work, we're like, oh boy, we need a weekly roll up. And that's where and that came huge. out. And it's huge. It makes a huge difference to have that globalized view because then yeah, I can look at, oh, these, these are the ones that need to be done next. And like, this is where the status is. So we can all kind of yeah. look at that and be like, now I know exactly what I need to pull for this week. Right. Yeah, so you it really dip helped in there. It really helped, like uh, for me, because I know this was one of the things for me was a struggle was kind of empathizing with my coworkers. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like what what do they need from me? What can I be doing better? What can I be doing that's more structured for them to see? Like, because I know literally, and more so in the beginning, a ghost actually, like on base camp, because I don't really didn't. Do anything? Things just popped up. I just kind of threw things out there. That's that was my nature, and I was wasn't really aware of that. Yeah, um, well, it's really yeah. tricky because if you everybody's point of view is by definition one's own point of view. So if you have a checkbox that's assigned to you, you know about it. It's on. You know, like you can see it. But everybody else is like, has has he seen it? Like, I mean, I put his name on it, but he didn't like send me a message to say thanks for putting me on the checkbox. Like, it's it's really. You have to remember when you're working remotely that the people can only see whatever it is that you're actively doing. So by adding this idea of everybody pulls work toward themselves, it actually adds another thing that you're actively doing. So 
Tuesday afternoon, all of a sudden, you know, I noticed Miguel has put his name on three checkboxes. It's like, oh, I know exactly what he's working on. He's working on those three. And like Kristen's like sigh of relief. Like, yes, he's working on the three. <laughs> yes, just okay. only, not because, right. and it's not because any of us screw up. It's just because Kristen's the one who's responsible for, although we should probably talk about what happens when we drop stuff. Um, <laughs> so Kristen's responsible for making sure that all those pieces come together. So yeah, it's like the Facebook Messenger, like when you send a message to somebody, but like you don't actually see if they read it or yeah, not. Yeah, like yeah. Did that, did that go through. What's happening with that? Yeah. Right. Well, and the other thing is, we're so far ahead now, and we have so many projects going at once. If you tried to actually assign everything that each of us needs to do, it would just yeah. be like lists for days, and it'd be like I don't even <laughs> no know what's happening. Start. Like, yeah. Yeah. it'd be so much. So it has to be like I'm prioritizing these things because that's what needs to happen next. Yeah. And also going back to like how the episode passes hands, how many times, if I put my name on everything that's out there, I can't do everything that's out there because I'm waiting for other people to do what they need to do first. Right. So if I went in and saw all of my assignments, I can do three of them and the other 50 <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> right, right. It's like, oh, that episode, we, that, that one doesn't even have a number yet. We don't know when it's coming out. Like right. there's no reason my name needs to be on that. So sometimes we have checkboxes where we're not sure. I'm like, yes, it's all about the checkboxes. <laughs> but sometimes we'll find something we're not quite sure. Like it can happen with a guest photo if we're waiting for something or, you know, it's a million questions. And now what happens instead of just like, oh, this is important. It needs to get done. I'll put Melissa's name on it. Now what happens is a little comment like, hey, where are we with this? Did this? And then Melissa will chime in. Yeah, I'm trying to get so much, you know, and a little conversation will break out. So the other thing that happened was, it forced each of us not only to be more active by pulling work, but it also forced, forced us to think about, hmm, why isn't their name on this yet? Because it's in their wheelhouse. And they, if, they, if they had seen this, they would have put their name on it. So it forces us to actually think more. And then it actually forced us, we all wound up interacting more. Right. So we, I yeah. wasn't even like, aiming <laughs> for more team. Yeah, so yeah. all these discussions sprung up and everybody got over like the fear of pressing send on the commenting and there's an, there's an instant message thing inside the project manager. Um, so it really, a, a lot of things dovetailed together when we started pulling work, although it was like, <laughs> was one of, that was one of those messages that started with, the following is not a discussion. <laughs> we are switching from the way that we all love to do it to this thing you are not going to like, but you're going to like it. It took us many weeks till everybody was yeah. on board. But but it's it's just like with any change, anything that we change is always like, oh, like, I mean, we do constantly change things. It's like, oh, we've gotten this thing to work really well. How can we make it better now? That's what I'm always doing. Yeah. When I yes. spot somebody comfortable, I walk up to you. I, the metaphor yeah. is a shoebox and 12 little foam balls that just fit in the box. You're happy. You can do all your tasks. I walk up. Oh, you look happy. Here's a ball. Right. Yes. And like yes. literally, if yeah. I spot you comfortable and you're not like, what do I do now? Like, here's another ball. And then it's up to you to either give me back one of the ones in the boxes or better yet, figure out how we can stop doing that entirely. Or do we need this piece? Can I hand it to somebody else? So it, it does like the craziness that I introduce. I mean, I am that way naturally, but it, it actually works well because it forces us all to always adapt. I mean, what's, what lies outside your comfort zone? Yeah. It's really two different spheres. Growth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really two different spheres, like working individually and just like working on myself, like what I need to do and stuff like that. But it's also something else to be working on a team mm -hmm. and like letting people know what I'm up to and like mm -hmm. just help them making their lives easier yeah. as well. Like, you know, especially yeah, I mean, when what we do is so interconnected. It's like, yeah. I need to know, <laughs> like, you know, we each need to know what everybody else is doing. I was going to talk about one when stuff falls on the floor. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I tell everybody and I, I hope everybody out there gets this from wherever you work with. Uh, if you're not making mistakes like regularly, like maybe one out of five, 20% of the time, if you don't make mistakes, you're not 
Like, what are you doing? It could be replaced by a program. If you can, if you're doing it perfectly all the time, you're not being challenged, you're not growing. You should always be having things that are challenging you or problems you have to solve. So that's, I think that's really an important part of things. Not uncomfortable, like, yeah, I don't want to do this, but like, oh, this is different. Why are we adding this step? And a lot of times we pivot things. We like figure out something new to do and then we realize we can, oh, we can use that over here too. So like we do one unit of work and then find three things to do with it. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that pays off. They get forced to think about just outside of my like, yeah. area. Yeah. I think it's also important to know going off of letting things fall on the floor is that every other job I've had, if something <laughs> fell on the floor, there'd be screaming or yelling or what did you do? Why right. did you do this? And I remember back in December, January when we lost our audio editor and it was like, we're not publishing. We haven't not published. I worked so hard to get us on a bi-weekly publication schedule. Now what do we do? Craig was like, no, nah, it's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Yeah. Emergency dial 911. Yeah. Yeah, so that's something I think that's really also unique is that we're allowed to fail and encouraged to fail. And I've never had any other job. I've had close to 10 jobs now. Well, one of the fun questions is, what's a mistake you've made recently? (laughs) I accidentally broke the website for like five minutes. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, that was was a good one. That was was a panic message to Craig. (laughs) What did I do? This is one. If I'm doing publication too fast, I sometimes forget to change the links. So it's in the thing that goes to the podcast players, it's supposed to link back to the website. Mm. And if I go too fast, I forget because I have to like manually oh, switch that right, out. And then right, it's right. like the link doesn't work. It doesn't go anywhere because it's just like there's supposed to be a number on the end that leads <laughs> to the episode. Ends, right. Craig's like, hey, I can't get to the thing. And we're like, oh, there was one I messed up the URL on the website. Yeah. And then it led to nowhere. Well, and but it's like a million little teeny details. Like it's not clear. Oh, we didn't talk about SOPs yet. No, um, no, we what didn't. I, but Miguel, you're not getting off the hook. So what mistakes have you made? I'm trying to think of them. I'm perfect. I can't think of a single mistake. <laughs> I, think, I think. Miguel, answer yours and we'll all do one. I think I uploaded a rough cut that was actually 30 minutes but it turned out to be like an hour and 15 minutes because there's like one clip way, way, way at the end. Oh, and, like, yeah, and so there's just it silence. Just, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a pregnant pause That's here for amazing. the answer. Yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah, 45 minute pregnant pause. Yeah. And, and what happened? Whoever listened, like Kristen yeah. listens to Rob she's like, what's this big yeah. pause in here? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like uh, did my headphones break? <laughs> this file is... Uh, <laughs> and Miguel goes, oops. Re-export, upload, problem yep. solve. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think really everybody being acclimated to mistakes is really makes it. I mean, we don't. We're not making medical equipment. We're not. We're not working in an environment where accidents are. It's not even melted ice cream. It's just bits we're pushing yeah. around. So, I mean, I, internally, I, I still panic. I, I make a mistake. I'm like, oh my god, or I see like the website broken. I'm like, what you do? <laughs> but I work really hard to be like, wow. Oh yeah, that's easy to fix, Kristen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, try to rein it in, which is actually good for me to like try and control the urge to have everything be perfect. They'll like let things be. Oh, spelling error, don't care. You move on. So it's really perfect is the enemy of good, and we want to. I think as a team, we, we definitely. <laughs> I don't want to say we really avoid perfect, but I think that <laughs> we don't. We don't overstress on like everything has to be perfect. Right. Every single, you know, we don't like, put there's perfect a cat, on a pedestal. Yeah, there's a cat yeah. in the background. And we have to kill ourselves trying to edit that. I was like, no. I mean, <laughs> these are what are called field recordings. We're recording not in a sound studio, so. There's always going to be different things. Yeah. I call them afflictions, little sounds or things. I think that really yeah. fits with the style of how you interview the guests. It's not like trying to be the most perfect, like structured. Um, yeah, you yeah know, it's but a little show. But it's organic, though. It's real. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and that's what makes it work. And 
And even in terms of like us as a team, like big credit to you, Craig, because I know like we've gone, no, 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 don't look at me <laughs> oh like that. Oh, <laughs> For listeners, Craig's like, I don't know. But he's put a lot of like time and effort and study even into like management styles. And it's like, oh, we've tried this. And we're like, ah, we don't know if that's working. So like building the culture and the way that we work and kind of keeping our well-oiled machine well-oiled. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. It is now. You're laughing, but it is. Is like also a credit to Craig, like working on his own management style. So, yeah, just always on a grind every day, just trying to like uh, in base camp at six thirty in the morning. <laughs> right. Oh, that's because I wait an hour before I get in base camp. <laughs> um, but like really working on the grind of just mm-hmm. trying to cause just start discussions with the community, like what everybody, like yeah, the, the outside community, community. like everybody right. just starting discussion and just connection with each other because everyone has. So much. Just everyone has. Everyone wants to be hurt. Like, yeah, you know. Everybody has a story. Every all the all the guests in the future. Everybody says, "I don't have anything to talk about." I'm like, oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the people who I thought were going to be good guests have come out to be awesome guests. The people I thought would be awesome guests. I mean, it's just it's always better than I expect. It's always off the chart, and that's not me. I mean, I am the person who shows up, like goes to all the work to get on the plane or whatever, and show up with the microphones. But I'm not. I'm actually not the one that people are listening to. You, you're really listening to the guests, and I'm sort of like the, the sock puppet that, you know, I play the part of the people listening outside. But, but it's really the guests that people want to hear, and really a, a huge part of what we do. And I forget who it was called. It was like the Melissa and Craig Roadshow. <laughs> yes. Um, I have like a rule. I don't do interviews without Melissa. It's like pfft, not a thing. It takes two people to be able to do it. And there's there's just so much that we realized after the fact, like, you know what, when there's an extra person in the room, it makes it so that at different points in time, I have like set up gear or Melissa's got typing to do. And it lets us always keep the guest in the foreground of like, they're the center of attention, even when one of us has to like work. So I used to go and I'd be like, I swear I'm listening to you when I'm completely focused on putting gear together. And it changes the dynamic. It makes the guests more comfortable because there's, we always can, we can always be like there for them to talk to we're always present we go to great lengths like we organize I, I mean like I show up in an Airbnb and I rearrange rooms and move like rugs and like the guests show up and like this is really nice and I'm like yeah we have but stopped short of buying furniture yes I actually I didn't do it but the, well the furniture store was across the street from the Airbnb <laughs> if that hadn't been it was like one of those upscale stupidly expensive furniture stores right. the Airbnb didn't have a coffee table and now I'm from America we don't always put coffee on it but there's got to be a table in the middle of the room. I didn't have a coffee table. And I was like, you know, there's a furniture across the street. I'm going to be here for a week. I could go buy a coffee table. <laughs> then it was like really expensive. But we do, like I do things like, I'm letting away, letting out some of the secrets, but we'll, we'll rearrange the room so that when the guests walk in, they don't have like a chair pulled out with a microphone, like sit here for your execution. It's like the room is set up so that you're free to like go wherever you want. And then, you know, in England, I actually bought tea. Like, why would I have tea in the house? But bought tea so that the, you know, like they were all surprised. Every single one of the guests, I said, would you like a cup of tea? And they're like, and I'd be like, whatever it was, it was proper, you know, standard English British tea. No, it wasn't English breakfast. It was like, whatever. It was like a r- actual oh, real like tea. A, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I have, you know, and like I'd open the cabinet, I have this and then I have decaf and they would just look at me like, yeah, I'll take a cup of tea. Like it was, but just, I mean, it's like, like took $2 to go to the, I had to go to the store anyway, but to just think like, what would this guest and, you know, if you're batching guests, what would these guests want? Or when I got there, where's the coffee shop with the chocolate Guinness cake? Where's the cafe? You know, found the cafe around the corner. And then we had one guest 
we were talking for like 10 minutes and, and I'm thinking, we really need coffee. <laughs> so this mm-hmm. guest clearly needs a cup of coffee. And I was like, well, I happen to know. And we like went for coffee. So just all these things. And it's not, not just me. It's like the way that Melissa writes the emails and the way that Miguel thinks, no, oh, that should be cut out or this should be kept in or, you know, there's just so much that goes into it. But I, I like the magic is between record and stop. Like it's, we do so much to be able to like press record but anyway, I'm off on a tangent. So what mistakes have I made? I wasn't, I wasn't actually going to like fly away. Um, what mistakes have I made recently? Oh, okay. I have to be careful because I don't want to name drop, but there are some people on the team who I tend to push too hard. So everybody on the team is different and it's always challenging to figure out like what's the carrot, what's the stick, what, what kind of work excites them, what kind of work. Well, we probably should talk about side projects too. What kind of work would they be interested in working on? And some people I push too hard and then they actually like that can be a problem, like a rage quit kind of whoop oh, we'll come back to this tomorrow or the next day kind of problem so sometimes I have trouble with that that's a mistake I make a lot they're all looking at me like well, it wasn't me I don't think <laughs> <laughs> what else do I want to talk about so we've mentioned side projects a couple of times and I think side projects are really cool and not something I've gotten to experience in any other kind of work situation so credit to Craig for that it's basically allowing us to kind of and paying us to use our time to pursue something we're interested in. And that could be adjacent to Mover's mindset and what we're working on, or it could not be. But it's finding something that we're passionate about and kind of almost like a personal, yeah, professional personal development and a growth project. So finding something that we care about, that we want to pursue, that we're being supported kind of by Craig and the Mover's mindset project to do and to pursue which is a really, really unique and awesome opportunity, I think. Yeah, you mentioned something that Google does something like that. Yes. I don't know where I stole this idea from, but I steal all my ideas. I believe, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that Google does it. I don't know if Google invented the idea, but it's just, I mean, it doesn't have like a hard cap or anything. I I always make the joke, like we have one-on-ones and we talk about it and I'd be like, Miguel, do you have an idea what you want your side project to be yet? Because he hasn't picked one recently. <laughs> and, and he'd be like, well, I could do. And, and the cool part about it, I think, is because everybody goes off, like mentally, conceptually, goes off thinking about different ideas. And they come back like, oh, I could do something with macrame. And then I'm like, well, then I run with it. Like, well, we could do this. And we could, like, I try and like flesh it out and be the advocate for the idea. And then by the end of it, they're like, yeah, shut up. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> and I wasn't trying to kill it, but I was like trying to make sure that it got a chance like you had the idea, but nobody else heard it yet. So now I hear it. I'm going to be positive about it and we're going to talk about it. And it's like, let's talk more next week. And I always say, we will talk about what your side project will be until I can't get you to not do it. And then that's (laughs) like, all right, you're like talking about it all the time. That's definitely a thing. And then we have ways of tracking time internally. Here's your, you know, here's your code for tracking that. So you can, you know, know where to put the time on it and have at, and it isn't, this is not a challenge, but there's no limit on like how many hours you can spend on it. It's just, you were going to be thinking about that anyway, so you, know, you might as well make it. And then, then the advantage is you can like rope in your team members, like, hey, could somebody help me with this, or could I have a hand with that? I think it would be fun to talk a little bit, like a little. We've been doing really, like, we're really meta here. We're really talking about how the team works and what's going on. And let's do a little bit more fun stuff, like, what is for the table for four hundred dollars? What is your favorite episode published or coming out? Or we all know what's coming out. So, so I think my favorite is a. The only three-part episodes, quote-unquote, series that we've done, um, which was Sebastian Foucault's. And because, a little backstory behind that episode, I listened to the rough cut with Craig in a car in New York City traffic trying to go to New York to pick up another guest. Oh, right. I'm just like, huh? Yes. (laughs) 
Yeah, so that was spur of the moment. I don't even know why I tagged along. We went to pick up. It was one of those connect the dot things where there was a guest who needed to come to Lehigh Valley and then somebody was going to go get him. And I said, why don't we go get him and then we can hang out and interview him. So you and I went to New York City and went to that person's class. And then we were just there for the day. Like hit, I call them a hit and run. Whoosh, get in, get out. Nobody got hurt. We go in, do, go to class. Although it was hot. It was oh my God, hot. It was hot. Super hot. And then came back with the guest and his significant other. Yeah, so that series is my my favorite one because of the backstory. Every time I listen to any of those episodes, I immediately also think of that experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but also that was, it's one of those people where I personally, if I was walking around in my daily life, would never in a million years get a chance to talk to Sebastian, no matter what I did, no matter where I go. And that to me, I think was the, the highlight or the turning point or the first moment where I was like, oh, we have reach. We can get to people that if I lived in, Iowa or Illinois, like middle of nowhere where I have no contact with anyone, I can listen to this podcast and feel like I have a connection to someone or use the podcast to make a connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that those three episodes of that interview as a whole was for me the turning point. So every time I listen to it, that's like what keeps spurring me on. I was like, yes, we are Mm, doing it. We have reach. Yeah. Cool. Anybody else have a favorite? I'm trying to think of a favorite. I'm just like, I I love them all. (laughs) There's two right now that are sticking in my head that I listened to recently and they're not published, not yet. They're, they're coming out. I won't say their names. But one talked about, one really brought out a really interesting topic, which was saying that uh, kind of encouraging parkour instructors to go outside of parkour to, to teach it or just like kind of like build their sphere, like their teaching sphere a lot better. Or just, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he, was, he was mentioning like powerlifting and. I don't know, but like he he didn't say jujitsu, but I was gonna say like I don't even martial arts, or something. but like going outside of parkour and I don't know, bringing that back and just kind of like what is that? What is that called? Enlarging their view. Yeah, I don't know. Enlarging their viewpoint. <laughs> yeah, like you I know, think there's I mean? a lot of value. Like he, that person wasn't talking about travel per se, but travel would factor into it. Yeah, right. and like travel is a big thing. And I'm lucky that I get to travel. Lucky in the sense that I worked really hard for a while. Like you know, but I'm lucky that I can travel. Yeah, and being able to listen to not that. Guest, but all the guests being able to listen to these people it's effectively like traveling so yeah. yeah i know who you're referring to this yeah and just like just because i'm well, melissa and i coach at at a gym as well i know that being in a gym like kind of like on a, on a daily mm-hmm. has its limits because you don't really have a lot of time to go out to like other workshops that i would like to go to you know mm-hmm. you kind of lose out on that unless you like really really make time for it so it's a really a big opportunity to go out and kind of learn new stuff for your coaching and the other guests, she, I just really vibed with her because, well, I don't have the safety pillow right now, but like, <laughs> I wasn't going to make a comment about there's no safety pillow. I know, yeah, because I normally, when I sit down, I usually have a pillow over my stomach, but today I actually didn't think about it today. So, so I mean something <laughs> right on, but she was, I vibed with her just the way she was saying, because she is also a bit of like an introvert, which I am at heart. So getting to hear her side, just like a lot of the stuff that people just really get like out of the gate for like introverts. I I feel like it's only maybe for introverts, but people think that I'm like very a cold stone faced, you know, Mm -hmm. person, you know, but I'm actually, she said that she was very highly emotional, but I'm actually, yeah, there's a lot, just just like a lot going on inside, you know. (laughs) Tempest in a teapot. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like, if you saw like Captain Marvel, there's Jimon Hansu's character is one of the... One of the dudes, <laughs> he's, they're always asking him because he's always stone faced. If, if you know Jamon Hansu, 
um, he's always like a very serious like actor and very serious face. And like they were they were asking him like why why don't you ever like why don't you ever smile, man? Why don't you ever laugh? You know, you're very handsome. You know that, right? And he's like he's like I laugh on the inside. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's just like I totally get that as well. So just a lot that what she was saying just really uh, really struck really struck me at heart. So when that episode comes out, you'll you'll all uh, you'll all feel it. <laughs> you know? It's it's tough for me to pick a favorite episode, but I think one of the ones that stuck with me and that I recommend people to listen to, actually probably more than, I think I've recommended it to a few people, is like, this is a cool place to start if you just want like one to listen to you to get a sense of what the podcast is. Episode 39 with Teresa Vasquez Dodero, which I probably, <laughs> my Spanish accent isn't great. Sorry, Teresa. Teresa. <laughs> Thank you, Miguel. <laughs> But I really love her episode, and that there's a bunch of different reasons for that. It was one of the earlier ones that I was actually in the room for, so I went along for that one. It was not the first, but among the first few that I did on site with Craig. And just seeing what she had to say, she had a lot of amazing, incredible stuff to say, and I think it's even more kind of powerful because Teresa isn't a famous person. She's not someone that people know that people are like, oh, I really need to know, like, I really want to hear what she has to say. We were able to interview her because we knew her personally from going to various events with her. And so being able to kind of give her a platform when she wouldn't necessarily have had one and allowing people to hear what she has to say and giving her a space to share it was really cool for me. And I think that's also something I want people to listen to that episode as well so that they can, like, hear that and, you know, have that be like, look, she's not famous, but this is her personal story, and I think that's really important. And of course, there's also a few coming out. If I have to choose, that's one that's out that I really, really love. There's a few coming up that I'm pretty excited about, and I believe the same one that Miguel is referencing. I'm really excited to hear that one. Kind of anytime somebody isn't sure about what they have to say, because I'd kind of talk with the guests ahead of time. So Anytime someone's like, oh, I don't know why anyone would want to hear this. I'm just really excited for those episodes to come out and people to be like, wow, that was amazing. Like, For them to hear that from other people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And like quick shout out to Teresa because <laughs> she, she housed, I think, three out of four people at the yeah, stage. Not, not me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for rendezvous, you know, yeah. met her kids and met her. So I think the Boston crew definitely know what the treasure she is yeah, <laughs> yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Let's see, favorite episode. I'm going to say episode seven with Finn Bergren from Gurlev. Idrit School, I think is how you say it. So Gurlev is the place that houses the international gathering. And the reason, like, I really can't pick a favorite, but the reason I'm picking this one is because I can point to it as a specific turning point. So it was, I think it was actually the seventh recording as well as the seventh. I know it's the seventh one released. And I didn't know Finn, like, even existed until the morning before the interview. So I was in Gurlev, this is in Denmark. I was at Gurlev and he addressed a morning assembly and he gave a talk about some, like his side project has to do with like sports advocacy. He does work for international organizations. It's pretty cool. But he gave this speech and I was like, what? This is awesome. I mean, this is, this is such a, oh, this is cool. And the project wasn't even called Movers Mindset yet. It was called Parkour, <laughs> they said. And I got all excited about it. And I took a picture of a slide he had up and I sent it to another member of the team, not any of you three, long before you guys, sent a photograph of like, who is this guy? Can you look him up? And over the course of like the next 20 hours, we managed to look him up, get some background info, 
realize he'd be an awesome guest. I talked to Martin Kelso, who talked to Finn, who arranged a time the next morning that Finn and I could get together to be in Finn's office. And I had the podcast gear with me, like I'm sleeping on the floor in like the gymnasium, but I had a little Pelican case of my gear is like everything I carry is portable. And it was like the thing came together and 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm talking to Finn and it's the first episode where I really had prepared an introduction for the guest. That one's actually really long. I actually start with like, please bear with me. I'm going to draw three sketches. And then there's like a four minute monologue of me explaining what Girl Lev is. So, I mean, overall, it's probably not awesome work on my part, but it was the first time where I sat down with the guest, I pressed record, I read the intro. He said to me, I think that's the best introduction of Girl Lev I've ever heard. And like, I asked him a question and he had great answers. Um, as a side note, Finn is the gentleman who came to Girl Lev and decided to change the curriculum to remove traditional gymnastics and to put in parkour. So he is the guy who is single-handedly responsible for parkour at Gurlev and that whole international, like that's Finn. Um, he's now retired. He's no longer the headmaster, but you can still listen to him in episode seven. And he tells a great story. This is like the beginning of like, is there a story you want to share? He tells a great story about like him realizing why parkour is such a great thing. And, and like, it was this beautiful interview and I pressed stop and he was like, great. And I took up the picture of Finn from episode seven. That's him yeah. in his office. And I think he has a Blues Brother VHS tape on his bookshelf. Uh, it's <laughs> It was just like the whole thing was perfect. He was he was really good as a guest. And when I walked away from that, that was when I realized like, okay, this is the thing. I can actually carry the gear and like do recordings. Like I can get on airplanes. I can get on trains with this stuff. It works. People are willing to sit down and listen to some crazy dude, ask them stupid questions about parkour. The people are interested. People were excited to hear that like fins on the, like everything about it kind of came together. And that was the first one where I realized, ooh, this this could be a thing. And then from there, it was all like, all right, how do we processify it and make it go quicker? At that point, I was still doing all the you know the decisions about what to cut and edit and everything, and there was a lot to do. So I think seven with Finn would be my favorite. And we are now in 70, and Kristen's talking about side projects that involve a number that has a 100 in it, and like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> group, group sigh of, I don't know about this. <laughs> What are we trying to? What are we going to do today, Pinky? Trying gonna to need a bigger boat. Well played. I love movie references. <laughs> no, I didn't see that one in the theater when it first came. No, out. you didn't. No, I would have been eight. It came out in like seventy nine or something. The first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah the original like Jaws is like yeah. seventy nine. Yeah. Anyway, all right, gang. We've been all over the map here. What does everybody want to talk about? So somewhere back there, we were talking about this project gives people a platform so hey here's a platform what would you like to talk about we could talk about the project and maybe a little bit broader sense of like some challenges or something that changed you by working on it or something that's really special to you about working on it that's a good question melissa what's something about the project that's really special (laughs) to you or has changed you having worked on it i guess to kind of come back to some of the stuff i was hitting on before just the the idea of giving a platform and giving people a voice, I think, is a really powerful thing. But that's kind of like your piece of it, I guess, because I, I think of it as because you started the project, Craig. But I think for me, being able to be along for those experiences of like talking to people, there's a certain amount of like access that it's given me that's been really special to kind of be a part of. And allowing me to kind of be there and learn from these people and hear what they have to say that I think is really special and I would definitely not have had the opportunity to do, at least not in the same way, 
to be part of that process and kind of be in the room where it happens, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't have to answer the same question. Like, cause the, but what I actually asked originally was, what do you want to talk about? You could do that same one and do something else. I'm not looking at Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> This is your chance to talk to all the people. Melissa's already gone. You can feel me, like (laughs) something I want to say. I guess, like, really appreciating just how far it goes to engage with somebody or engage with anybody, as far as like, because everybody has had always something to say whenever I've listened to the raw files. So, like, I kind of take that with me as far as uh, kind of taking like small little, small little like gems. I don't know, like on the road or something. Mm. You know, or just with a random friend that I that I meet like every so often again, but like actually kind of engage with them, just whatever it may be, just like, hey, how are you doing? Like, and I actually wonder how are you doing? I think that's a that's a really important thing is to really engage. It's really something also just be passionate and to create something. Like for example, you created this project, the Moors Mindset, and have engaged with so many people and have made a lot of people listen, and I'm sure that. I, that many people have been affected by this, by our little samples that we put up our Instagram or by the full episodes that they've listened to. I'm sure that it has impacted them in some way. They just haven't said anything, but like, I know it's definitely affecting them. And I'm also thinking about randomly just like my favorite films that I've released or albums that I really, really enjoy. You know, these were people that were passionate and they really wanted to create something, maybe with or without the intention of getting famous or just for the fun of it and you know whatever purpose it was it was created for a reason and they were passionate about it to create it because i uh a big weakness of mine that i'm still that i'm i feel like is on the the edge of getting over and getting fixed is that i'm very lazy and i'm a very big dreamer so there's a lot of stuff in my head that i want to take into action but i'm just like full of excuses honestly a lot of the time you know and so it's just like, oh, I'll just I'll put it on the, on the bench, you know, for now or uh, not today. Just I didn't eat enough today or something. I don't know. And like, so excuses were ran a lot of a lot of my life. And so and I'm it's it's making me wonder now if I'm I'm losing out. I'm definitely for sure losing out on a big opportunity to do or create one of these ideas in my head. And who and I'm thinking about people that are like who's losing out on that, you know, like who could I be affecting, you know, but like, that's not the purpose obviously, but like if I do, when I do like these projects and like create them, you know, like people, it, it affects somebody. I don't know. It always affects somebody, whatever you do. I'm, I'm thinking about Gladiator, also one of my favorite films, mm. is what Maximus says, and it's like in the beginning of the battle, it's like what we do in life echoes in eternity. So, Excellent quote, by the way. Yeah. I agree. I think that's a terrific point that you make. Do you have anything you want to talk about? I have. The team doesn't realize this. I mean, I think they saw a glimpse of it, but I have an email message with a whole bunch of questions that I'm going to do rapid fire. But we're going to come to that. So, what, okay. Um, I will say something the way this working for the project has impacted me is coming out of a college setting and also just like general other part time jobs I've had. In the general sense, like I'm a hard worker, I work ahead. You can see by the fact we're working two months ahead. Um, I like to get things done, and so you're welcome. (laughs) But in you know their typical part time job or your college setting is you have one or two people on a team who are gung ho and really want to work, and then everyone else is just along for the ride. So kudos to all of you here for actually being a team that I want to work with. (laughs) Yes, Yes. Um, Craig, Craig can speak to this that working with people who are also passionate is 
great and it's a <laughs> you're not helping Craig <laughs> I hear you laughing at me <laughs> I wasn't laughing at you um, so working with a team of people who are also passionate is something I've never gotten to experience before and I'm 21 years old so that says something to maybe the college education system <laughs> <laughs> I graduated I'm allowed right to say the it <laughs> But no, so it, it's a great experience for me, and it's also something now that Craig and I have been working on, for me on a personal level, is working on, we call it like my managing people project, of not <laughs> not like going to someone like I would in a, an education setting or a work setting, being like, hey, I need this. Where is it? Give it to me. I need it now. Um, <laughs> um, and instead being like, I, just so you know, like this is why I need it, and you know, I'm not yelling at you. I'm gently requesting that you please give it to me. So kind of changing that, my perspective from I'm the only person who's on the team is going to work and if I want something from someone, I have to yell and get it to now people will do work because they like to do it. Terrific. So the question was, what do you want to talk about? So what I would like to talk about is I emailed somebody <laughs> who sent me a bunch of questions. So we'll just I'm just going to throw these out there and I won't take Mulligan's entire team Mulligans. Like, you know, like, no, we don't want to answer that. Somebody has to answer one of these. So I'm we've ready. touched, and this do you, is perfect. Do we, you count as someone? Yes. Okay. <laughs> do I count? Oh, I'm somebody. Oh, does anybody know where that's from? I'm somebody. That's Steve good. Martin from The Jerk, when he finally oh, sees his name uh, yeah, published in the yellow of, in the, in the mm. phone book, he's like, oh, "I'm somebody." In the <laughs> I was just thinking about the when uh, <laughs> the director like yells "cut," but like the car went off the cliff already, <laughs> <laughs> and like, the car's like midair off the cliff, yeah. and the director's like, "cut." <laughs> <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> All right. So the first question is, we've touched on this, but does anything about the job follow you, and I'm air quoting, out of the office and into regular day-to-day conversations or thoughts? Does anything follow you out of the office into regular day-to-day conversations or thoughts? I mean, certainly, like, I end up listening to every, I mean, we all actually end up listening to every single episode. So you can't not take something with you from that, whether that's just like an idea or something you want to try, like the episodes are kind of catered towards like what is the audience taking away? And while we work on the project, we're also still the audience. So plenty of tidbits, too many to count, too many to process. Name two. Name two. Okay. (laughs) Game on, game on, Craig. (laughs) You've talked about this with several guests. I can think of it was in episode 36 with Adam McClellan. The numbers thing again. I'm telling you, it's definitely a thing. And an episode that is not yet out but discussing journaling, actually several episodes that aren't yet out. One is coming up in like two weeks. It will be out by the time this episode is aired, so episode 48. We'll also discuss this, but the idea of journaling is something I've done before, and I want to, I haven't been doing pretty much since like college as much, uh, and I'm like, I definitely want to get back into it, and we've discussed that a few times. It's something that I do think about, and I'm like, oh, I really need to like start this, and I like want to go back and listen to those parts and kind of actually try to pros- like processify that for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Is one thing you said two? Yeah, anybody else have a second thing? Like we could, you can, oh yeah, you can tag team this. Like somebody else has something they want to. This followed me out of you know. So the question was, anything about the job follow you out of the office and into your regular day to day conversations or thoughts? <laughs> I'll just pull on um, chair squeak turn. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Miguel Chair. <laughs> we did that just already. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> Man, I don't know. It's a really good question. Hmm. All right, we can let it. We can let it slide. Uh, here's another one. I got like one, two, three, four, five more. All right. Well, this cool. one. This one is subtle. What are the riddles that you have been struggling with the longest 
to make the project grow or come to a fuller life. And this is two-parter. So what are the riddles you're struggling? Kristen just sat up straight. She's got a whole (laughs) shotgun load. What are the riddles you've been struggling with longest to make the project grow or come to full life? And the corollary is why do they feel so important? So Craig will, I think, agree with me on this one is um, monetization. (laughs) So in case anyone hasn't noticed, because it's not always obvious, many, 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 many podcasts put ads at the beginning, at the end, in the middle of their episodes. And we do not. It's not something we want to do. feel it detracts from the content. We don't want to have to go into that whole pay system and everything. And it's a huge pain in the butt yeah. to coordinate <laughs> and to get those. And yes, and it's also based on download numbers and we don't have them. You have to be humongous. Mm-hmm. So that's something we've struggled with because it, you know we're all, as Craig says, fairly paid people. I, I always say this is not a team of volunteers. This is a team of fairly paid individuals. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So without you know people who are, we call them voluntary subscribers who pay us X dollars a month on a monthly basis, obviously, or people who pay to be part of our community or even people who pay to be sponsors for an episode wouldn't exist. And so monetization is something we've been trying very, very hard to crack the code on because also then it's kind of, if you want to chime in on this, the like, you don't pay for something if you hate I'm, it. I'm loving <laughs> You beat the drum. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've done it so many times. Well, I, I think the issue is the, and this is, I'm not trying to criticize anybody who's listening, but it is understood in society, this is just a given, that podcasts are free. So it is not even possible, I cannot take the podcast inside a paywall, people just won't ever hear it, because that's just how podcasts work. A lot of people call it the infinite dial. There are over 700,000 in English, 700,000 distinct shows, like Movers Mindset is one show, not episodes. 700,000 shows, I believe 200,000 of them are still actively publishing. So some of them wind up as like a fixed catalog. So there's 200,000 shows. So if you don't like my show, people just change the dial, figuratively speaking. So it has to be free. We have to give it away. I can't like make it into teasers or say, well, do this, that. And the problem is people are not used to paying for things that are free like that. So there are a bunch of websites that I really follow and I read on a regular basis and I have voluntarily subscribed for like five bucks a month. And I mean, it's a tiny amount of money, but there's like four or five places that I don't want to name drop that I subscribe to and it's voluntary, but I value the work that they're doing. So the challenge for me, and I'm, I'm not trying to like guilt people into signing up. It, it is really important that people sign up, but I feel that people are not used to assessing the actual value that they're getting from something. So if you, if you don't like the podcast, that that's totally cool. But I've talked to a lot of people who are like, I, I listened to this episode and like they have these long conversations and it's clear they've been thinking about this for days. And I'm thinking, how much would you pay if I told you I could kick off that train of thoughts if you gave me five bucks and people would throw, I think, you know, like, yeah, five bucks, here you go. But it's just, you're so used to listening to podcasts and you just like skip through them and I have no problems with people skipping through and listening at high speeds, but it's just, it's a challenge with how everything is set up. Like all the social media channels are, they need you to participate so they don't charge you. So you're just used to being able to access material without having to pay for it. And it's really, it's, it's actually, this is not an exaggeration, it is literally not possible to build a podcast. You cannot cover the costs just unless you sell out big. Like there's what they call the tall head. There's the really big podcasts that have huge numbers and they can afford to charge $15,000 for what they call a pre-roll is the, this episode was brought to you by, you know, that stuff. But most of the podcasts, the vast majority of them can't do it. And I've talked to a lot of podcasters. I'm in communities of podcasters and, and everybody's just like, yeah, you, you can't monetize podcasts. They have to be just for fun. So I think that's a, a big challenge. I mean, that's my, that's like really my problem, not the team's problem. I'm, I mean, I always ask like, hey, and if people come up with ideas and we try different things, but um, it's really a challenge of explaining to the people who are listening 
that you know you really need to think about okay this is it's a podcast but audio is how i'm accessing this larger project and there is a team of people who you know from listening to us that's part of why we did this episode was so you could hear us and get a feel for the people who are behind the project that's kind of my rambling offshoot from your bringing it up <laughs> uh anybody else have a riddle before i move on to the next thing i think honestly that's i don't know in my opinion i think that's been the biggest riddle of all <laughs> for yeah. sure because we've all thrown suggestions into the box or just any ideas that we <laughs> could come up with. That's a great idea. Like cricket, cricket. Yeah. Oh, no, nobody, then, nobody <laughs> it. It's a really tough thing. And I'm, I don't know. I'm thinking in my head of like, it's possible to ask the community. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm convinced that the, the, I mean, we do try to make it, we, we do things like, Oh, you know what? It's not easy to do X or Y. And then we try to improve. So we want it to be easy for people. Like long ago, the communities were hard to get to, or, you know, we've been making improvements, but I think it's really a challenge of, People need to become more introspective. That's a good thing. And this project helps people do that. But then I think they also need to take a step back and think like, what are the things in your life that you really value that you're willing to pay for? And just because we handed it to you for free doesn't mean that you should go down the aisle nine in the supermarket and take all the cheese samples off the tray because you want lunch. You, you know, you take one, but the understanding is they would like you to buy the cheese. So that's kind of like my, it just, it's, I think people need to consider. There are people who do support us and, and do chip in, but it's not nearly close to everybody like i know the rough numbers of who are listening and compared to the number that are paying it's it's clearly like some exceptional few but i don't mean to like make this a giant debbie downer guilty thing <laughs> moving yeah. on all right another question have you been surprised by anything in someone else oh good question sorry have you been surprised by anything in someone else's toolbox so skills or abilities that you didn't notice before working with one another about someone else? Or... Yeah. So surprised by anything in someone else's toolbox. I'll start. I got one. I tried to edit the podcast. Not, I'm not talking about like the physical mix and the sound quality. I'm talking about keep this, keep that, what we call the editorial. I tried to do the editorial for like 12 episodes and it was really hard. And then Miguel took it over and I was just like, why did I struggle with that? Like something about you that you're like a wizard at that. And I don't know how you, I mean, I, I know how you do it. And we've talked about this before. This is like the second time I've covered this topic. And that's like, yeah, that was a tool that I didn't realize that it could be easy. I was just like this, how do people make podcasts? Like, I don't get it. And I'm like, oh, it's easy. You give this to somebody who has that skill set. And I think maybe you're better at remembering like what's, I don't, I don't get it. Like I couldn't get my brain wrapped around the whole episode and you know, kudos to you for having that skill. So it's that, like it's like Goodwill Hunting. You know, he just like yeah. Like, you know, do you he like just, apples? He just plays. Yes, exactly. No, yeah. like uh, <laughs> it's like Mozart, Beethoven. You know, they just play yeah, the piano. Play the like piano. you know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh yes, that's one. Anybody else have one? I've got one. We we kind of touched on this before as well, but Kristen's ability to just like look at the overview and be like, this episode needs to go there, and just kind of, and also behind the scenes that we haven't talked about, Kristen will sometimes offer suggestions for who we should talk to, and she has a really good sense of like what it is that people will respond to when they hear it, which was not something that I knew about her. So, Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. If I may compliment you back. Um, <laughs> I knew Melissa was like really good at arts and graphic design and everything, and she does her logo and designs flyers and things for us, but she's also really great at networking and socializing and finding people. So when I come up with the, I think we should interview random person XYZ in like, two hours she's like okay i've emailed them i'm like i couldn't even find their facebook page <laughs> how did you find their email the real answer is i'm just really great at stalking people on the internet <laughs> you get paid that's part of the job I do, description I do, you get yeah. paid to stalk people i didn't, I, I didn't know about your uh, craig wise and like i didn't know because i was having trouble like resizing 
the photos mm-hmm. <laughs> in the beginning. And I've worked with photos like a bunch of times. This is something I just never really did was shrink them down or like yeah, we turned but like a crappy specific, little rest. <laughs> like a specific size. Like a it was like a oh, square box, right. like yeah. two fifty by two fifty. Yeah. I didn't really know how to do that, <laughs> and then and I was like really struggling with that. And then you were, um, I sent it to you. With, <laughs> you just been like, oh, you just like, and that's like, yeah, like, like <laughs> I was just like, how did that did, go? Did, did you? <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> and that was it. That was the resizing. It was done. I was just like, how? Did, Craig, yeah, did I'm you? Like, I don't know. It should be a crop function. Like, yeah, yeah, really yeah. underestimated your like photography skill. Like, well, I, got, I ain't got no photography, so you've seen I my mean, head space well, on Photoshop. Uh, yeah, the, the actual shooting is a oh, different yeah. thing. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I saw that for myself. That's a train just, wreck. That was a surprise. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, I love these questions. If money were no object, what inside the project would you like to spend your most time on? Kristen? Merchandise. <laughs> Uh, all right so technically money again technically money is an object but in a way what do i what do i often say inside this i mean i don't think i have an exact quote but i'm always saying don't worry about like how much things cost like let's figure out we have an idea could we even do that like what would it look like if we did it would it be useful would people have it you know would it help people so internally we never start we never literally start conversations this way, but we never start like trains of thought with like, well, I don't know if this would be feasible monetarily, or I don't know if we can actually afford to. It's that's never where we start. We always start with, what can we do? Let's try and put it together, and then you know maybe down the road it's like, oh, that's not going to work. It's like three zeros off from what you know. If everybody gave us a dollar, we're still missing a million. Like there, there are limits. So I really think that we don't consider money an object when we're starting to think about things. Now, if you you have to catch up with me or Kristen at some point and ask the merchandise story because it takes hours <laughs> to unpack. But yes. we decided, hey, we have a logo. Let's actually have some merchandise with T-shirts mm-hmm. and stuff. So Kristen went off and and like began spinning up a store. And if you haven't heard about the Supreme Court decision in July of 2018 called Wayfair versus I think it's South Dakota. The Supreme Court changed the rules uh, so that if you are selling things online, you, the seller, need to be collecting sales tax. And I know everybody out there sells stuff online and you all think I'm wrong, but you will find out that you need to collect sales tax now. And it's 20 or 18 states so far, but it will be more. So we went down the road of like setting up a shop and then I went down the road of like, oh, this is how, and and I basically said, this is way too much work internally because we would have to hire a third company to like, uh, to like bring in an outside service that would do the sales tax filing for us. So it was this really great idea about merchandise and I just went, I don't want to deal with that. So we kind of shot it down, but there continue to be, actually, Kristen has the actual only Movers Mindset merchandise I do. in the world. She has a t-shirt <laughs> I have and a, a t-shirt and a hoodie. And a t-shirt and a hoodie. Yeah. She's like, we need to order prototype samples to make sure they don't shrink. And she's like ordering things that like we're paying for. And I'm like, um, um. I asked permission before I used your credit card. <laughs> yeah. It's not my credit card, but yes. So I would say that money isn't an object. We are always on the lookout for crazy stuff that we think would be really cool yeah. to do. There are some things that are definitely... Craziest project that we shot down? Well, we haven't shot shot it down entirely, but it's definitely on its way down. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple holes around it. And there's a sense. Well, which yeah. one is that? Um, Movers Mindset event. Oh, sponsor oh yeah. cats out of the bag. Do you know where that comes from? Cats out of the bag. Cat of nine tails is a thing made out of leather that they used to whip sailors with when they weren't doing work. And the cat was kept in a bag hung on the mast. And they used to say to the sailors, don't let the cat out of the bag. Like they, they would say it to each other, yeah. like, dude, shut up. Or the cat's not come out of the bag. That's where that comes from. Don't let the cat out of the bag because it get whipped. You just let the cat out of the bag about a thing that we've been talking about internally, which is having a mover's mindset retreat. 
this is a crazy idea that is not happening, but we're actually <laughs> talking about it. Um, <laughs> we talk about a lot of crazy stuff. But the first question is like, how would this even work? Because people are everywhere. And everywhere. one of the reasons that this project is cool, I think, is because you can, and it, like the internet, yay. And now we're talking about a physical event. So my first thought was like to find a really cool place that was really close to an airport <laughs> and then people yes. can all fly together. Yeah. So, oh, uh, you heard it here first. We, there, we've been talking about it, but that, I guess, I guess that would be, if money was no if money object, was no object if yeah. money was no object, if I had a hundred thousand dollars, I think I could pull it off. If I had a significant <laughs> pile of cash, yes. I, now we're talking like buying people the plane tickets to come to the place. Yeah. And I don't know what we do. I think it would just be everybody just sit around and talk and, and I mean, people can go out and play, but like the idea would be to create that communication. But I really think, a smaller scale version of that will be, we've been talking about creating regular online video meetups where people who are part of the Movers Mindset community would be able to join these meetups on video calls so that they can start to talk to each other and then, you know, find uh, find the others kind of thing. So yeah, that's our... Well, along those same lines of if money were no object, <laughs> Go ahead. right? But traveling, just so we, like when we do interviews, we travel to people. Yeah, we so, only do them in person. Yeah, we we will not do Skype interviews. It's only in person. So if money were no object, like plane tickets, we can go anywhere we want. And yeah, there's not a limit to like okay, well, the limit if we is, can't we're like get fifty two episodes a year. Like the next problem is yeah. we have to put out more episodes. I've had I've had somebody walk up to me and say, "Wow, like you're putting them out faster than I can listen." So now suddenly I'm like, "Oh, we can't go any faster." So it's it's a bit of a challenge. But mm-hmm. for now, that's a wonderful problem to have. We have too many episodes right. and not enough weeks. <laughs> Uh, let's see, moving on from money, the object, what's a professional or personal capacity that you feel like you have improved while working on Movers Mindset? Oh, we kind of touched on this, but let's go over it again. Personal or professional capacity that you feel you have improved while working on Movers Mindset? I'll tell you one. I learned to listen. (laughs) (laughs) People say, you're a really good interviewer. I'm like, no, actually, I've become a really good listener. And one of my favorite questions now is to ask people, what's your superpower? And I, every time I go to say this, I'm like, oh, if my mom ever hears me say this, I think my superpower is listening. And I talk a ton and I'm often going, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. But when I manage to shut up and let the guests or you guys talk, then it really creates that space. I seem to be really good at listening to the other person and figuring out like when they're panicking, like when a guest on microphone, like when they're literally panicking and they need more space or they need me to be a clown to like break the tension or to be able to actually like, you know, be the foil for them so that they can say what they need to say. So that's something that I think I've really developed is listening and by literal conscious direct effort and practice, like notes and things, mantras and like stuff that I've done and stuff that's like a conscious effort. So 70 interviews later, completely different. I think I already talked about mine or touched on mine, but it's working with people instead of working at people. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way to phrase it. (laughs) Stealing it. Uh, Anybody else before we move on to another question? Working in this this mode of productivity. Yeah. Because as I mentioned, like I haven't had a job where it's like about productivity and like boom, 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 these things need to happen. So working in that mode, certainly not to say that I like have all the answers at all, but now exposure and kind of starting to find that. Yeah, I think really pushes my motivation like overall. Like I'm much more motivated now like <laughs> than I was way in the beginning for sure. So, yeah. And of course, the final question, three words to describe your practice. Podcast. Community. Content. Anybody want to unpack that? I'll unpack it. So the, those are the three <laughs> things that are on the front of the website. And it, it didn't start out that way as being three different things, but we realized that originally we had the written content, which was on the website, and then it expanded into the podcast. 
And I really feel like there's this overarching community that I'm trying to create or I'm trying to facilitate. And now that's how the website is organized with those three pieces. So I think those are good. Those are three good words. Yeah. And they're three goals of the project. I was going to say <laughs> parkour, they said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that have been good. Oh, you might have to rewind a little bit to figure out where that comes from. <laughs> oh, all right, great. Anything else? Yeah. All right. I think that's pretty good. Thanks a million. It was a pleasure, as always, talking to you guys. Have a good day, everybody out there. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Craig. See ya. This was episode 50. For more information, go to moversmindset.com slash 50. There's more to the Movers Mindset Project than just this podcast. Visit our website for more free content, to sign up for our newsletter, or to read about how you can support this project. And I'll leave you with a final thought from Mark Twain. Whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it is time to pause and reflect. Thanks for listening.